Welcome to Critter Apocalypse, episode 198. Now, specifically, I want to say 198 because that's 198. A number. Now, we're talking about numbers, and I want you to think in deep in your mind. I want you to think about numbers, right? Think about numbers, think about numbers. What number are you thinking of? Christmas Day. That's right, that number. The 25th. <laughs> Are you trying to do a, <laughs> do a fucking number? I'm trying to be Devin Brown. I lost my mind for a second. I, I zoned out and became a fucking mentalist. That's what they're called, right? Mentalist. Yeah. What, the guy from the TV show? The TV show, The Mentalist, where yeah. he goes up to criminals and he goes, did you rob that person? They go, no. One sec. One sec. You're in a room. There's a Snickers on the table. You've got a gun. You've shot a person. Did you kill that person? Yes, I did. Mentalist. You find a turtle on like, its back. What was, what was numbers? Numbers? What was numbers? Because there was there was psych, psych was something. Yeah. Numbers was another one, was and it? then the mentalist. Oh, I don't know. And then Lucifer was the newest one. But I spoke about Lucifer already. Don't. Let's not talk about TV shows that have many seasons that people have admired because I'll start watching every episode, and that's bad for my mental health. You should do a um, run through of Neighbours. Well, all a thousand episodes it's, are now available. Yeah, go to Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, you could, you could watch it all. Definitely, that's a good idea. Anyway, we're going to start with some somber news today, Ant, and it's somber news that is about someone that I keep referencing as a joke, but uh, it's not a joke, sadly. Jason David Frank has died. Is that how you want to kick off the podcast? Yeah. Bringing the mood It's down. a memorial episode. News. Is it the memorial episode? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's what he would have wanted. <laughs> I reckon we could have got him as a guest at some point. I mean... Could be our first guest. <laughs> you're about to say get a Ouija board or something like that. No, I mean... It's going to take you to a dark place. I'll say it's not beyond the rule of reason that you could get Jason David Frank on a podcast. If no. Like... You talk about Power Rangers all the time. That's what I was insinuating. No, you're just telling me you're filming an episode of Power Rangers. Oh, come on now. But no, sadly, uh, yeah, he's he's dead. Which is pretty sad. Like, we constantly... Well, I say we. I constantly made the joke whenever we were talking about something that you were watching Power Rangers-wise... Regardless of whether it was Tokusatsu or it was the American reinvention of Power Rangers, I would ask if Tommy was in it because it's like he he was in everything Power Rangers when I was a kid. I sort of knew him as the person who was in Power Rangers. Like I didn't actually ever think of Jason or Billy or Trini while or... you were masturbating. masturbating. <laughs> no, no, I was only thinking of Tommy. No, I never thought of any of those people because I just for some reason I associated it with a Green Ranger who was like season three. What? He's from the start. Is he from the start? He's in Mighty Morphin. He's in all three seasons of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, all the way through Power Rangers. Is he always the villainous Green Ranger? Is he like a Zio? No, he's only villain for the first few episodes he's in. Oh, okay. Because okay. he was but, mind controlled by Rita Repulsa. Is he, is he like the main villain for season one of? No. Oh, okay. No, no. It's just Rita makes a evil ranger, and then he breaks away from the mind control, and yeah, and then he becomes, becomes a, a good guy, Power Ranger. And luckily, his his Zord, which he had as a bad ranger, fits the Power Rangers Zord. Yeah. That was good of Rita to make it do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as a, that's, a, that's, a, that's what we like to call in the business a little bit of a plot hole. No, I'm pretty sure she took the power from um, an unused ranger power or something. I can't remember. Oh, no, no, right. The Zord, no, Zord existed. That's besides the point. Tommy, Jason David Frank was, you know... Clearly a figurehead in this community. I thought of him when I thought of Power Rangers. I didn't really think of the others. As I said, like I know some of their names, uh, but I just I just never thought of them when I thought you Power Rangers. You didn't think of Billy. I didn't think of Billy, no. Um, 
And so, so, um, yeah, it's just, it's very, very sad. I'm going to, there's, like, I'm specifically going to talk about something as a review with regards to this, just as a little way of, like, sort of not mentioning him again. Oh, you, you, yeah, because I don't want to be... You're going to review the, one of those films he was, he was in. Which films? He's in a couple of action films. No. I, I can't no. remember they're called. No one watched it. No. Uh, but no, but it's just, it is really You're going to do Power it's, Rangers Dino Thunder. Well, it's, it's not just the fact that we've lost him. In such a short space of time, we've also lost Kevin Conroy, which was mm-hmm. something that happened in between this episode, what, last episode seen and him. this one. Pardon? Seen him. Yeah, I know you have. You've seen everyone. You've gone to all the comique cons. Um, He's quite yeah, tall. It's, it's really odd to have, because, you know, everybody always talks about... Well, that's one now, Patrick. Everybody always talks about who their Batman is and who their who their main... You know their main squeeze is when it comes to Batman. Isn't Kevin Conroy? They're a liar. Well, no, I would I would also accept Michael Keaton. No, because Michael Keaton was an excellent Batman. Like, I think that everything that's come after that has sort of been like a pastiche of those two two types. Um, But Kevin Conroy was a theatre trained actor, um, and I was listening to a podcast talking about him and like meeting him and some of the stories about him because. He was he he was a theatre actor, so he got offered the part. Like basically, he got told that he's been on TV shows and all sorts. Yeah, but he he got told in between doing stage shows, he was told some actors, like stage actors, do voice work because you can you can go in, you can you can do the voice work, you get a bit of money, and it just sustains you in between doing theatre gigs. And he he got told, oh, they're 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 doing Batman. Do you want to do you want to audition for this role? And he immediately thought of the sixties Batman. Um, <laughs> And he was like, oh, okay, okay. And they made him, like, they brought him in. He, he basically, as he was in there, he asked them, oh, can I play Commissioner Gordon? Or can I play Harvey Bullock? Because they seem like the more interesting characters. I think, Kevin, don't tell us you don't want to be the main character in an animated show you're doing an audition for. But obviously, his theatre training saw them as the more nuanced, more interesting characters. So he always talked himself out of being. Probably he was worried that he wouldn't fit in the costume. <laughs> but one of the most iconic voices in the industry, and like again, figurehead of our childhood. Um, I think we both, you know, you were a little bit older than me, but I think you still Batman the animated series would have been pretty significant in your in your youth. Never heard of it. Um, Where's and, my box set? And obviously, Power Rangers. Power Rangers is still pretty significant in your life. You still watch the Power Rangers shows. You still keep up with that that mythos. And I just, you know, it's. It's just sad that these... And both of them, way too young. I mean, Kevin Conroy, 66. David Jason Frank, 49. Both of them, very, very young. Um, I mean, one of the one of the sadder things is that... Obviously, David Jason Frank, you told me earlier, lost his daughter last year. He's had a lot of trouble recently. And also, he's, you know, he's had a lot of trouble in the past as well, just with regards to mental health and things like that. And it's just, you know, it's horrible that, you know, we don't live in a, in a world where people can have easy access to that stuff because obviously America they don't and you know healthcare isn't the same as it is here on the NHS you can sort of get assistance and stuff like that but still just very very sad different circumstances still very sad now onto something a little bit more interesting and your first review no oh, cheers yeah follow up cheers thanks do you, to, do you want to talk about something else before you do no it's fine it's no, fine Zelda yeah, it's... got a title what since our last episode Zelda the sequel to Breath of the Wild got a title we got told ages ago did it we never spoke about it that was that must have been more than a few weeks ago. That was ages yeah, ago. It's within the last few weeks, right? No, that was ages. Well, a few. It was a couple of months ago. Mario got a trailer. What? Mario got a trailer. We what heard Chris that Brown's was like voice. two months ago. Okay. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy's Christmas special got a trailer. That's out next week. It is. Uh, um, it's out this week. 
James Gunn is now the head of DC. We didn't talk about that, did we? It's a matter. I mean, James Gunn, pretty significant player in, uh, in Marvel. Graph. You do have his autograph on mm-hmm. a script. Yeah. Um, yeah, James Got Kevin Gunn, Bacon's autograph as well. Pretty incredible, pretty incredible uh, mind when it comes to cinema and storytelling. And he's he's good in horror. He's good in in superhero movies um, and in action. I think that he could be a really interesting interesting figurehead for DC. What what would you what would you look forward to seeing with a James Gunn spin on it? Because we've already seen the Suicide Squad. We got the Peacemaker series in which he took an asshole character and made them kind of redeemable. Uh, what what would you what what would you like to see him tackle next? And the thing is, the big ground that he could break has already been broken. What's that? Well, Robin said fuck in Teen Titans, oh, so that is true. obviously that is true. Where is there to go? Well, you know, there's there's a bunch maybe, of stories. Maybe King Shark could hang Dong. Maybe King Shark could hang Dong, but he's already yeah. done Suicide Squad. I'm talking about something new. What would you like to see him tackle that he hasn't tackled before? What new storyline or character or or? Well, no, no, you... he's not going to be directing the films. No, he's producing them though. Well, it would just be the one saying, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, but he's also going to be—he's going to be directing as well. He's, he'll direct a film. You reckon? <coughs> yeah, I reckon he couldn't help himself. He's doing season two of Peacemaker, isn't he? Yeah. So he's—he's going to be involved in that way. So, what would you like to see him? Maybe he direct? could uh, direct Ezra Miller to a court to the fucking door, mate. What is? What is? What is this? I think it'd be hilarious if the Flash film ends with Ezra Miller going through some sort of warpy thing. And suddenly it's Grant like Augustine. Yeah. Oh, my face is different. Oh, new teeth. I just want them to badly composite. There's rumours Grant Gustin's in it. I just want them to badly composite Grant Gustin's face over Ezra Miller for the entire film. Just like a JPEG. Just like yeah, no, no, not even that. Like, like they, I want him to do all the lines, but I want them to clearly be lit different wherever he's doing them, and they no, just, just put his face over a JPEG, and he'll even have the. Um, the PNG squares. Yep, yeah, yeah, they, 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 they thought it was a transparency, but to, it wasn't. I want them to really poorly, poorly just, um, you know, the smudge tool yeah. around the outside of his face. Like, and I want him to be looking in different... Well, they can do- just do the thing where his face is vibrating. Yeah. The whole film. I want him to, when he's talking to Michael Keaton, I want his eyes to be looking in the other direction. But clearly... Like he's addressing someone in a room that's not the room. Are you that making fun of his lazy eye? No, I just think that he doesn't have a lazy eye. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you got me for a second. No, I just want it to be so clear that Grant Gustin just did this over Zoom, and it's still <laughs> just like fucking anything to get like Ezra three Miller minutes away in the this. middle where the internet connection goes. <laughs> yeah, every so often, and they like freeze the actual. No, the actors in the film are somehow aware of it, awkwardly standing around. Oh, Captain Cold. That flash film is going to be dog shit. Like, people are really excited, but it's going to be bad. It might be good. <laughs> might be. Do you want to put money on it? No. <laughs> no. It might be good. Do you want to put money? Ah, no. no. I'm good. The only one I'm interested in is the Blue Beetle movie, but I swear, wasn't that like being made for the streaming thing, or is that a proper film release? No, release? that that was going to be made, then they cancelled it. They don't cancel Blue Beetle, that's still weird. No, they, they, they cancelled it, made it into a series, and now it's a movie again. They? I don't I think that's nonsense. Right, you're done. Yeah, I'm done, mate. You wasted 12 minutes of the podcast on miserable stuff. Well, no, that wasn't miserable stuff, we had to talk about it. It's did, pop culture did we, shit. Did we have to? Don't be a cunt did today. Did we absolutely Don't have. be a cunt today, because I'm bloated, and I'm at the start of my cycle, oh. and it's been a tough day. Oh, okay. I'm gonna. I've. Oh, 
So dating apps have become a lot easier. <laughs> no, okay. You go, you go. Do your review, do your review. Right. I won't talk about the dating life of me. Yeah, everybody wants to hear about it. I'm playing Sonic Origins. What? Sonic Origins. What? When did you buy that? It's half price right now when I had credit on my How PlayStation. How much is half price? Like £16. Jesus, that's overpriced. But um, it's like 30-something quid normally, isn't it? An extra three quid if you want the... You can move the camera on the menus. Pff, um, so anyway, Sonic Origins, it's the first four Sonic games. <coughs> um, well, Sonic, Sonic CD, Sonic 2, Sonic & Knuckles with three. And you can... They're done in widescreen. They're sort of remade, as it were. They still look like the Mega Drive games, but widescreen. A um, couple of tweaks to it, like, you know, the special stages are smoother than they ever were before. Like, even the rotating stage on the first one, it's, like, got proper smooth rotation to it now, rather than the original... Da, da, da. You remember the original one was kind of jerky, because you can't do rotation on the remember, Mega Drive. Yeah, I was trying to remember the theme tune, but I can only remember the one for the circle ones, where it's like the... Da, 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 da. And it was like... Yeah, but... Um, but no, they've made it all smoother and stuff, but um, it's affected the physics and things. It feels a little bit different at times to play, but... You can but see further ahead it's in still one, something. Well, it's, it's widescreen now. But it's proper widescreen, it's not yeah, stretched. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's proper widescreen. Um, the thing I think is kind of neat on it, though, is that you can play through all the games and it will just play them through as one continuous game. Yeah, because they've got cutscenes, haven't they, in between? Yeah, they've put little animated cutscenes. It's a bit awkward when you get to Sonic CD because it like plays the animated cutscene they've made. And then plays the Sonic CD intro, and then you play through the game. When you finish the Sonic CD, it plays the Sonic CD outro, and then plays another cutscene. Oh, that's it's a bit, weird. It's a bit awkward because it's just skipping back and forth between like the new high def animated stuff the... with a different art style to the to the compressed JPEGs. Well, they've upscaled. They've done a really good job upscaling that original footage. They did oh. it years ago with the Sonic CD release came out ages oh, ago, okay. didn't they? Yeah. Um, oh, it was a GameCube one, wasn't it? There was a laser disc that was released that had the Sonic CD cutscenes on it. And they took that laser disc and they used that as a base for doing an upscale. Are you saying they don't have the masters for that incredible animation? No, no, because <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but you want your old anime in high definition, you're going to be dealing with upscales because yeah. like, the anime industry did not keep their frigging masters for these Look, things. The more we feed AI programs people's art to replicate it, the better it's going to get at making stuff upscaled. Yeah, they could put in an anime film and get an entirely different one out of it because the AI upscale... AR- <laughs> Screaming in yeah. a hell pit. <laughs> like they're doing an AI upscale of Rutsuki Doji, and they feed feed it into an AI Wait, thing Suki to AI jo- Rutsuki Doji, Legend of the Oath thing, oh, yeah. right? And they feed it into an AI thing to upscale it. But unfortunately, all the reference material is Melancholia for Ruhi, and that'll make a film. I have no idea what the fuck. The Rutsuki Doji. You've never seen Rutsuki Doji, Legend of the Oath thing. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Legend. You've not seen Melancholia for Ruhi Suzumiya. It's one of the greatest animes of all time. Oh really? Yeah, it's a fantastic series. Anyway, it's, it's good. You can play... There's weird stuff, though. They've got classic mode for all the games, right? And you think that would be the original ROMs, like the original games, just as they were, but it's actually these newer versions put into a 4-3 ratio, and that's, like, about it, but with a life system, because there's no lives on the new versions. They've got rid of lives, so if you die, you just start from the last checkpoint. It doesn't matter if you lose all your lives. Oh, that's cool. Um, instead, you get coins instead, and the coins are used to unlock stuff, or if you fail a special stage, you can retry it. So which is quite handy, because it gives you more of a chance to um, get all the Chaos Emeralds. Yeah. Because you can just keep retrying. Although I, I managed to miss one Chaos Emerald on the first... So you didn't get the Super Sonic stage? Well, not on the first game. No, no there isn't one. No. no. Um, and I game. only got one of the Chaos Emeralds on Sonic CD, because Sonic CD is a bit of a pain to play through. Sonic City is good. You have to play exactly the way they want you to play it, though. 
you've got to hit the past thing and travel to the past and free the mon- free the creatures, destroy the machine that's there. Do you get Sonic 3D Blast? No. That's not true. They should have put that on there, though, because that did have a um, special edition made, didn't it? The, yeah. guy, the guy did, like, a, Sonic. a ROM hack for it. Yeah, the guy... Yeah. Also, didn't the guy who did Sonic Mania do something with that recently? I don't think so. Uh, maybe not. Uh, Sonic Mania, though. Sonic Mania could have been wrapped in there, though, because that Sonic is Spimble? the real Sonic 4, isn't it? No. But you can... Um, there's loads of unlockable art from the different Mega Drive games, and you can oh, read the instruction art. books. The instruction books are in there to read. Oh, um, there's um, some concert footage from oh. a Sonic the Hedgehog concert. Oh, from when they did the Coming Out of Their Shell tour? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> one, yeah. But, um, no, it's, it's fine. Like I said, sometimes the physics feel a bit weird. I've had odd moments where it feels like... Um, Floaty? No, no, like sometimes where you'll hit a ramp or something, you seem to move a bit too fast or something. Like something feels a little off every now and again, but mostly mm. seems fine. Um, it's not as swish and upgrade as Sonic Mania was. No. Like they haven't done the... You know Sonic Mania when you ran around the loop and it was smooth? Mm. But it's, they've still kept the original like eight points of the animation to, yeah. for going around the loop um, and things like that. They haven't like given him flashier 24 frames per second animation and all that sort of stuff like the original had like Sonic Mania had um, so it's not Sonic Mania running I don't know why they didn't use a Sonic Mania engine though like they've apparently it all runs in the Sonic engine you know the one they use for um, well they've been using it for years since Sonic Unleashed yeah. even Sonic Frontiers uses it apparently it's all using that because apparently oh. it uses that engine and then the games run as an instance within that engine that's so which weird. Is a really weird way of doing it. Hmm. Um, which is probably why every now and again the physics feel off. But like on the rotating stage, you can really feel it because on the old one it would move and you wouldn't start rolling until like the things tilted to the next point that it had on the tilt. Hmm. But because this is so smooth, you instantly start rolling off of it, and it's I find it quite a bit harder to stay on because you know like you could jump onto the you know you get the gems that you jump onto and they go ding 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 and they disappear. Yeah. And you could kind of stick yourself on them for a while. Yeah, you can and sort you, of nestle between them. Can't yeah, you? and you can't really on this one. You kind of just slide off them mm. really easily. So I've had some frustrations with that, but it, it's, it's is all it, right. It's a proper remaster, isn't it? It's not just an upscale. Yeah, it's not. It's not the original. They haven't just like it's not an upscale even. It still runs at the same pixel art and everything. Mm. They haven't changed the art. It's just widescreen and things. Oh. But um, yeah, it's fine. They've changed the music on Sonic 3. They did that a while ago, didn't they? I think some of the other collections oh, they got rid of the, ja- the Michael Jackson stuff. Yeah, but like, I swear the version I've got on Steam still got the original music. If and it's a mobile one, it does. It's not mobile. The ones on Steam are just the ROMs, aren't they? I think it was a few years ago they stopped doing the Michael Jackson music. Oh, maybe. Because, um, yeah, they've changed it, but Ooh. which is right. I feel like they just pay up for it because it's great. The music's great on Sonic 3. Especially Ice Cap Zone. Which isn't even a Michael Jackson song. Yeah, it's a zoo. It's a um, like. It's one of those things, isn't it? It's never bad to be associated not, with Michael Jackson. No. It's not not the not the Zootons. Not the Zootons. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> the Jet Jet Zones. Jetsons. Yeah. Huh? It's that band. The band. The guy did the music on Sonic Three. He used yeah. to be in a band called the Jetsons. Jet Zones. Jetsons. Yeah. And he stole some of his and own music. He used some of his own music. So the one that's go the Ice Caps. I goes. Din 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 it's from a song called Hard Times. Hard Times. No, it's Hard Times, happiest time of my life. Hard Times. That's a song. It's a classic. There's a couple of Sonic songs that are actually remixes of real songs that the band members worked on. But no, it's like, I mean, I wouldn't pay full price for this. I think for full price, 40 odd quid, it's a bit much for friggin' four games. Yeah. The story mode's kind of neat, but. 
I mean, four pound a game for each of these games. Fine. If they chucked in else, elsewhere, but yeah. fine. It, if they chucked in some other ones as bonuses, like chucking the Master System games, um, Sonic oh, Spinball. I fucking, I'd love to replay those Master System games. Blast. Like, don't don't include them in that story mode. No. But it, have them as something. Because I mean, imagine if you had a place to do through the story mode, then get through Sonic Spinball, which is just nothing. Sonic Spinball's not fun to play through. Um, it's memorable, but it's memorable. It's a memorable first level because that's all anyone ever played on Sonic. Yeah, Spinball. no one ever got past that first um, level. I finished it like once. It was wait, isn't hassle. the second level the toxic waste one, or is that the first level? Uh, first level, second level's the mechanical. Oh thing. yes, yeah. It is. Um, it's only like four levels. Yeah, it's... no, it wasn't good. No, but those those Master System games are fucking legitimately mm. good, and no yeah. one ever released them. They never put them on these yeah. collections. They're on the Sonic Gems collection. The the GameCube one. Um, the um. PS2 version's got it. Oh, okay. And the great Xbox. The GameCube version doesn't. No. Um, and they've put it on another thing as well. Yeah. At some point. But yeah, the, the free Sonic Master System games. I know that the second one... No. There's four of them. Is there four? Yeah, there's... Um, Sonic Spinball. Sonic out. 1, Sonic 2... Um, Sonic 3. Sonic and Tails and uh, Sonic Chaos. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. But I think... Was it Sonic and Tails then was the one that was like other levels from the... Mega Drive games like they're all made up levels um, I like the Neo Geo good one Neo Geo Pocket version of Sonic 2 oh yeah because it's like a GB Sonic's... it's like a precursor to the GBA stuff isn't yeah, it yeah yeah I've got it it's no, good not bad um, alright cool but yeah so that was you bought that on Playstation yeah because I had that credit on there okay. so fair enough fair thought enough. fine whatever force me into it but you say you say don't don't buy it full price get it if you can and win no, it's like half price right now they haven't put the DLC half price so I was kind of hoping what's the DLC it's rubbish absolute shite it's like um, god what is it it adds like a mirror. I think it unlocks the mirror mode from the start gives you okay. some extra coins to unlock stuff yeah and it lets you turn the menus the, the islands around in the menus oh for fuck's sake it's like it, oh and you get alternate borders for the classic mode oh fantastic yeah it is absolute shite fucking ridiculous it's the sort of thing that should have been like that's the kind of thing that should just be an option. Mm. But I think they did something where like one of the deluxe versions didn't have all that in it. It had some different stuff. Yeah, so there was initially was the, the controversy was that originally the um, the normal version of the game wouldn't have the cutscenes. It was something like that. So it was something really weird like that where initially they announced it and they were like high-res cutscenes in the deluxe vi- versions are not. But then it was across all of them. Actually. Yeah, I don't know. Gonna... But you remember the video they had because they had four editions. They had the regular, they had the the last. Yeah, they had like freaking, and then whatever it was like. They had a spreadsheet for yeah, it. Yeah, it was just one of them. Just didn't have cutscenes. Didn't have the uh, new cutscenes anyway. Oh, poop. So weird. All right, but um, but yeah, sounds good. All right, uh, my first review is going to be Power Rangers the movie. You didn't watch Power Rangers the movie. I did actually. No, you didn't. I did, but it wasn't this week. It was oh, a few weeks ago. Really, really? Yeah. Really? So, Power Rangers the movie... I'm muscling on my turf. <laughs> so, Power Rangers the movie is weird for me because I remember there being a black dude <laughs> in the Power Rangers. <laughs> what happened to that guy? He left at the start of Series 2. Did he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realise. Walter Jones. Yeah. He's back for Power Rangers Cosmic Fury next oh, year. Oh, is he? Cool. Yeah. Um, He's got a missing finger. Has he? Yeah. How'd that happen? Uh, accident when he was a kid, I think. Oh, cool. Yeah. Anyway, so Power Rangers... He hides it a lot. But yeah. when he's when he's a Power Ranger, he doesn't have, like, one floppy... No, because he's got finger. Power Ranger he's, fingers. He's got an extra finger. So Power Rangers the movie is a very odd duck. That's a masterpiece of that. <laughs> so, in honour of David Jason Frank passing away, I think... David I... Jason Frank. Jason David Frank. 
passing away, I thought I would talk about this cinematic masterpiece that to me was was always linked to, aha, uh-huh, we're in trouble. Someone's come along and burst our bubble because the marketing in the UK at the very least had that song play on the trailer. Yeah, it's on the film soundtrack. And it's on the film soundtrack. It's at the end as well, which is yeah. weird. Um, so it's got Van Halen on the soundtrack. It does, yeah. Mm. It has Nirvana on there, doesn't it? It's got all sorts, man. Uh, so anyway, so so this is the Power Rangers, their first big screen outing for the Power Rangers, as far as I'm aware, because after this it was Power Rangers Turbo. But Turbo had, wasn't in the cinema. Had, no, it wasn't. It was straight to video. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Power Rangers, um, The Secret of the Ooze, is all about the Power Rangers... Well, Zeta... The Secret of the Ooze. The Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> so, um... Rita Repulsa and Lord Zed accidentally unleash Not Ivan accidentally. Ooze. Well, they they unleash Ivan Ooze, who is like to them, who is a bit like a bit like a an idol. Played by played by um, not Robert England. Belloc from Indiana Jones and the Vades of the Lost Ark. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so it's really clear. It's really name. clear that they wanted Robert England for this role because Ivan Ooze looks like Freddy Krueger. No, they got a guy who was willing to eat lollipops every day to keep his tongue purple. <laughs> his lips, though. Every so often, he's got orange lips for some reason. I mean, he's cutting off the oxygen to his fucking body. Like, when he's, like, talking and stuff. Anyway, right, so that's besides the point. It's a cinematic masterpiece, and it's completely right. So, um, so yeah, so Ivan News is brought back. Brought back from prison and Paul Freeman, and he's it. he's allowed to run fucking shot across the whole of the world, and he's just he's gone mad. But he specifically wants to start in the same place that Miami Connection takes place, which is uh, uh, what's his name Grove. What, what what's the name? Angel of the place? Grove. Angel Grove. It's not from Miami Connection. Yeah, remember? that's where their school is. It's not a real place. No, I know, but that's the school in in Miami Connection is Angel Grove, where it is. Yeah, I think you're wrong. Anyway, we'll so... Watch Miami Connection, make sure. We're going to need to watch it again, aren't we? Um, so, basically, Ivan News comes down, he kicks the shit out of the Power Rangers so badly that they need to go and find new central powers to sort of bring them back so they can fight Ivan News. Now, the interesting thing about this movie is those... 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 Uh, the, the Zords they get... They don't stay past the movie. The movie's not canon. Oh, is it not? No. No, no, they went to Australia, filmed the movie, filmed episodes of the TV show while they were there, so the crew, the cast and crew had to work like fucking a shit ton for two months. Yeah. And then when the next series started, they just did a different alternate origin for the powers in case kids didn't see the film in the cinema. Sweet as. So, yeah, that was was money spent. Yeah. Um, not well, maybe. So, so the Power Rangers go to a special island where a bird lady with some cool, cool sticks that make yeah. bird noises. Uh, that she is she meant to look like she's spinning those with without handles, or are they meant to be they obviously? They're meant to be obviously. They're like yeah, they're actually meant to have handles. Yeah, because when she reconnects them again to make her Gabriel staff, Gabriel Fitzpatrick. When she reconnects them to make her staff, hmm. they don't have handles. No, Straighten out. Oh, right, so the handles click down. Do you not know how to do... I'm just asking you questions here, Anne. I'm just asking questions. I'm just she asking... was originally going to be played by the woman who plays Cat in season two of Power Rangers. Okay. But um, they were worried that like she was a bit too hot for a kid's mm, 
thing. She wears a fur bikini. Yeah, but the the girl who played Cat is a bit more curvy. Oh right. So they want, but so they had to reshoot. They so she'd be it. wearing she'd be wearing a fur yeah. bikini. But it's um, um yeah, Gabriel Fitzpatrick. She's so doing all sorts. Of stuff. So um so they get their new powers by fighting a dinosaur skeleton, or pulling a bone out the neck of a dinosaur skeleton that then falls that. apart. They freaking discover the freaking power, power inside of them. Yeah, power of friendship. Adam's a frog. He is a frog. That was that's like, such a fucking letdown after you were a fucking mammoth. <laughs> like the prince that you, yeah, the one you yeah. kiss and it the turns into a prince. Turns, we like the humble frog. I think you believe that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, he was like rock hard at that point. Uh, Rocky's in Turbo, not in this. Um, so Rocky, Rocky's in this. Is he? Yeah, he's a Red Ranger. Is he? Yeah, Steve Cardenas. Do not diss Steve Cardenas. Hardworking lad. Uh, for some reason, got rudely snubbed from Forever Red. No. Because Jason, Trini, and um, Zach had all left. Yeah. And for a few weeks, they had body doubles. Yeah. Or just reaction shots from previous episodes. And Tommy had to wear green, even though he was the White Ranger now. Yeah. So it wouldn't mess up the <laughs> yes, shots they used. He did. And then they introduced Rocky, Adam, and Aisha. So, can I ask a Johnny question? Young Bosch. Can I ask a question? Another question. As a Power Ranger, as a, as like a big Ashley? Power Ranger fan, Karen Ashley. Um, did did the did the um the Yellow Ranger ever use her her high beam helmet lights <laughs> ever again? No, that was new for the films. Did it? They all had special abilities. Did they the come films. back in the series? No, no, they they, <laughs> no, they, they had the helmets built. They just didn't want to use them. Yeah. Those helmets are fucking incredible in this film. Originally, they weren't going to have faceplates or visors. Really? Yeah, you were going to see the actors' faces in them. That's a bad idea. Yeah, it looked terrible. They yeah. shot for one day and went, no, this is no, bad. No, bad. <laughs> no, but the new helmets do look really cool. Because mm. you can see like the, ca- the the clasps and stuff on them. You can see the clasps on the original ones. Well, not on the ones I watched. On the Power Rangers, you can. Yeah, you can no. see the clasps. They, got, yeah. they, take, they use them in the show. They pop them open and take them off. Oh. Anyway, so... Uh, the the first sign that something's amiss before they go to Bird Island and meet super hot model lady is they're fighting putties, but they're not putties, they're gummies, they're not putties, or jellies, or no. slimies. What are like they the bird creatures? Oh, they are bird creatures. Tengu warriors. Yes, they are. Sorry, I still I remember the fight, but in my head, every time I see a Power Ranger fighting something, they're fighting something that looks humanoid. Made up for Power Rangers. They were made up for the movie. Yeah, there was originally going to be rat creatures. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but the rat costumes look terrible, so yeah. they used them in the episodes of the show where they went back in time to the Wild West. <laughs> the fucking bird creatures have like Skeksis faces. Yeah, yeah, they were the main monsters in season. Well, Lord Zed's extra monsters he got um, got given to him as a gift by. Rito Repul- Repulsor's brother. Does Ivan Ooze ever come back in the series? No. no they mention him once, though. Oh. Anyway, so uh, so once the Power Rangers have their new powers, the power of friendship and dinosaur bones, they go back to Angel Grove, where it turns out the kids have all been given free slime toys mm. that have then turned their parents into zombies mm-hmm. who are trying Not to... Not the f- kids. Not the kids. It doesn't affect kids. But the, the parents are trying to commit suicide <laughs> by... Quarry, yeah, <laughs> because of the ooze. Well, they've done. They built the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they, they built the megazord. The and then it, once they built the, because they're the megazords. Yeah, the, no, not megazords. It's one. The scorpion. It's got two. I see. It's two of them. The they combine together. Ah, so they do. So they do. Yeah, yeah. So one's a mantis. One's a scorpion. Yep, yep. yep I remember. So basically, fill him with ooze. Yeah, he has to fill him with his ooze. Yeah. 
Is they have giant practical mon- models of those. Really? Yeah, you see them in the in the, there's like one scene yeah, like, yeah, where you see like them. The, there's the chest. You see a whole load of them. Like they they've built a massive practical like segments of them for one shot. Fuck's <laughs> sake. Um, and then so anyway, someone went. Let's let's do CGI. <laughs> so anyway, Bulk and Skull help the kids fire quite high pressure water cannons yeah. at the parents to stop them from killing themselves. Yeah. At which point the Power Rangers come back in some fancy new CGI Zords. Best, like, CGI's never looked better, I want to just say. It's insane. So they all get together. They combine. One of them has missiles. Well, the... the bird one. Bird one does, yeah. Yeah, it has missiles. Yeah, they always have weapons. But, like, missiles. Yeah. When it combines, you can see the um, Zord's head. As the arms are plugging in, and then the head detaches afterwards. <laughs> anyway, they beat Ivan Ooze and yeah. save Angel Grove. Yeah. And no one talks about a virus that made the adults want to kill themselves. Which is also the plot to a Japanese film I saw not long ago, but we're not going to talk about that. But it's such a weird fucking movie. It's a, it's a roller coaster ride. 94 minutes long, the exact right length for a yeah, movie. Yeah, I wouldn't argue that. And also the soundtrack's full of bangers. There's yeah. some great songs in there. It's got Higher Ground by Chili Peppers in there. It does, it does. Because yeah, um, at the people, start, you want to know the Power Rangers are cool, so they go skydiving. Yeah, and then song. And then they go rollerblading. Yeah. Just so you know they're even cooler. Yeah, no, like, here's the thing, though. And if I was going to say anything about this, like, it does move at a clip. Pacing like is actually pretty good. They cut between, like, the more horrific elements. So, like, the kids playing with the ooze and stuff is actually quite quite well done. Like, if this was a Goosebumps thing and it was just, like, that happening, this would be fairly decent. But because it's, like, it's then split between that and this never-experienced-before-island of mystical animal powers. It's I like it mentioned. when Ivan Ooze has got the people working for him and they're in the pit and he just makes them start, makes one of them start dancing yeah. for him. Just to drop their equipment, they just start doing. Like the, they start doing like the fucking swimming stuff. He's having stuff the time like. of his life. He is. He's having a great. He's been trapped. If he, you know, if, if anyway, anyway, sorry, sorry. So he's to having the a good point. time. Sure, he may orphan a lot of children, but none of the parents die. I mean, I hope they don't. They don't show the deaths. Anyway, um, that's besides the point. There are two things that are really obvious about this film, and like one of them is <laughs> the guy playing Ivan Ooze, despite the fact that I'd say that Robert Englund would be a hundred times better and he should have been cast, and they clearly wanted him because the guy looks like fucking Freddy Krueger. Um, he chews the scenery like no it's one's Paul business. Freeman. He's, He's having a great theatrical time. legend. He's clearly having a great fucking time. Yeah. And the other thing is that da- uh, J- uh, Jason David Frank is actually quite a decent screen presence in this. Mm. Like, weirdly enough, as the leader of the Power Rangers, and as someone who often has to say things that are very, very close to just being exposition dumps. No, is... no, he's the one who asks what something means, Sorry. and then someone else explains it. Sorry, yes. It's like Riker yeah. in seasons five to, actually, six to seven of Star Trek. He's Next actually Generation. kind of the only one that properly emotes to some of the action stuff. Now, him and, and Kimberly are like the main two. Yeah. like It should have when... been Billy. It's such a it's such a weird thing to watch this now and then, hey, hey, hey. Zordon's dying, Rangers. It's it's so weird to watch this now and, and hear like mm, Zordon being played by someone else. When I was a kid, like the the fight scenes and all that, you would just be like, Oh, they're, they're kicking ass, yeah, and like but like watching this, as they're doing it, 
Everybody else is like, yeah, yeah. But then you hear Tommy go like, yeah, <laughs> like probably like, get into it. Yeah, yeah. He's like, Kia is his one. Oh, sorry, Kia. But it, like, he probably gets into it, and like when he gets hit and stuff, he's like, ah, like, like he sounds like not like a kid playing a game, but like a, an adult who's playing a game, like really enjoying themselves, and like that energy is a little bit infectious in this. Because, like, when you're, like, getting into the fight scenes and stuff, you're just like, all right, that's fine. Like, but the the Blue Ranger in this one, the guy who plays the Blue Ranger... Billy. Fucking legend. No, sorry, Black Ranger. Uh, guy, Johnny Young Bosch. The guy who plays the Black Ranger in this is just kind of bland. Why are you hating on Johnny Young Bosch? He's one of the most successful friggin' voice actors in the industry. Is he? Yeah. Look up his credits. Like, something like 300 voice actors. He's, he's voice characters. Maybe this is, maybe this is just his first... Canada... Time. In Akira? No, maybe it wasn't his first yeah. guy. Yeah, just not in the redub, good. when they redubbed oh, it. Oh, yeah, okay, all right, now it yeah. makes sense. But yeah, just... just now, he whispers, he, he talks really quietly a lot for the first, like, series and a half that he's around. Yeah. And then he gets his confidence. But he's, yeah. like, one of the most legit stump performers they've had on the show. Billy's one of the... one of the uh, Actually, and the other person I like to... Because Tommy, like, good throughout... Like, Billy gets fuck all to do in the film, but Yeah, there is one... There's one decent fight scene in... Before, Billy's, like, a great gymnast, the guy who plays him, jo- yeah. um, David Yost. So he, he outside of the costume, does a fight scene in this. He does a load of it. In the... Um, he's just, he, if, when he watches the series, he's got some of the coolest individual moments that any ranger has. Yeah, he has like he has like a really decent fight scene in the parking, hmm. the, the parking garage where they fight the... They fight the um, the birds for the first time. Yeah. He has a really decent fight scene in that where he's just playing close. I think it's with... Is it with Trini? Maybe. No, Trini's not in it. No, Ashley's no. In Yellow it. Ranger. Ashley. Ashley. I think it's with Ashley, but I can't remember. Um, but no, like he has a really decent little fight. Karen Ashley started her um, YouTube channel where her and one of her with and Cat from the next season um, reacted to Power Rangers and Super Sentai videos. Who came up with that idea? I don't know who had their channel removed, but anyway, who else has still got their channel there? Needless to say, I really enjoyed watching this again. Like I remember the CGI being bad, and it's still really fucking bad. But I like the bit where you get the shot of the Rangers inside the cockpit. Yeah. And as the camera pulls out, their ratio switches yeah. to squished, so it'd fit yeah. in the CG one. It's so fucking beautiful. CGI is really bad, but like I like when the I like that they they made a massive, great big city model set because yeah. that's a that's a city model. Yeah, yeah you can the tell camera's flying like, around. Flies around. Really well made, really yeah. well made city set, and then they just put like CGI guys of varying heights in it. Their heights change. Yeah, no, scene. I know it's that because the buildings are a great way of measuring. Space and, and weather. Yeah, if you ever want something to measure a height with of a giant, you just building a big square rectangle with loads of evenly spaced marks. It is, it is infuriating, but like a lot of the stuff can't be helped. But I think that like the good aspects of this are really fucking fun. Do you like that they had a button for emergency use only to defeat you over news with? They oh. had a button for kneeing him in the balls. Yes. <laughs> Great. That's after his face transforms. When he, well, when he he combines with the Zords yeah. and it, it no the Zords combine and then yeah he then he takes with control them and yeah he does the face. He puts his ooze in it yeah and then he's defeated he goes into yeah. and gets hit into an asteroid yeah um I had when I was a kid I had Ivan ooze did you yeah I had the toy right in the ass no I had the toy you know like they had the, the they had like the a remake of the the weird tank that he's in that's just got like the lid and you twist it and it was just mm. purple ooze going on Dan's rug really expensive rug. Oh, and then your nan touched it and walked she off. Got a, really angry. At me. Just started walking towards a construction site. <laughs> she lived right on a cliff. Yeah. I was playing a deadly game. Bulk and skull can make it. 
and the fucking fire engine down the bottom was just spraying up. Yeah. They so brought they brought Ernie, the guy who runs the milk bar, the juice bar over when they were filming that. Yeah, and he's not in the film. I can't remember seeing him. <laughs> I think he's. I think you see him in the background of like a shot. I was gonna say, is there like a moment where they're in the quarry? Because there's a at the dude... end when they're at the um no, at the end when they're at the bar, they're oh. hanging out at Ernie's juice bar, which is now on a pier. Yeah. And not like a set. I thought it was. There was a guy I recognised that was in a helmet that was just had a sledgehammer, but. Oh, that was um, Peter Gabriel. (laughs) (laughs) I keep digging this fucking hole, and then I'll throw myself in the pit. (laughs) And hope my kids yet see it. (laughs) I like when Ivan News is like, smells like teenagers. Oh, God. There's, he, was, he's very familiar with the smell of teenagers. There was there was another. There's a line in there somewhere because he fucking throws puns all over the place. Ninety percent of his lines are puns. Yeah, his, his whole purpose. Oh. Anyway, I had a lot of fun. He dresses with this. up as a clown. I had a lot of fun with this, <laughs> and in respect of Jason David Frank, I think he did a great job. I think it's a shame that they didn't get to do more movies that were cinematic releases because obviously the budget they did just go a fucking bit nuts with the budget on this one because some of those like. Some of the scenes in this are properly like cinematic. It's it was not like, just it was like a twenty million dollar budget film or something like yeah, that. Yeah, not bad. Which, not um, bad was at all. About the same as what they spent on Aliens. Yeah, <laughs> like not bad at all. And like they do, they have a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, but the, the director is... Brian Spicer also direct. Anyway, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm not going to give it a score because it is entirely based on nostalgia, my love for it, and and also just the infectious nature of the fucking thing itself. But. Yeah, really enjoyed it, and I, I wasn't expecting to. And I watched this on a whim because I was going to watch the new Power Rangers. Jesus Christ, the director? Yeah. He directed an episode of Man High Castle. <laughs> the Nazi show? Yeah. Weird. He directed all. He's got, he's got really good directing credits, to be fair. Yeah. Has he been? Um, he's worked on Heroes, um, Castle, like... Uh, so he's Magnum P.I., the reboot, and Hawaii Five-O. Oh, those are both actually doing What do they really cross well? over? They could have crossed over, no, couldn't they? Anyway. Prison Break. Yeah, um, I recommend it. To anyone who's watched Super Sentai and that shit, like, it's worth checking out just because it's... It is just like a really high-budget, long episode of the fucking show. Yeah. It's, it's kind of Never fun. use the suits again. No, yeah. Those they ninja suits props. are fucking pretty cool, though, aren't the they? The ninja suits are in it, because that's, that's that's Super Sentai costumes. They yeah. Because um, they're from Kaki Ranger. Ninja, ninja. Yeah, they're not bad at all, the ninja costumes. No head protection, though. You get punched in the face by a party in one of those, you get fucked up. And your review? Oh, we directed two episodes of The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Hey, Bruce Campbell! Yeah. He's got some good TV credits. Erie, Indiana as well. Yeah. Holy shit, Erie, Indiana's great. Yeah. That was the only show that, like, went, you know what, right? If you shoot well for the foot, it'll probably cure him, and it's not fucking deadly. Because <laughs> there's that guy who has a limp. Hmm. They shoot him in the foot with a silver BB. And he's like, he's like, he sees him the next day, he's like, it's like, you kids did me a favour. And they're like, so it was a werewolf like that. And he just limps off. I loved Dairy Indiana when I was a kid. Anyway, your review, Ant. Do you know they rebooted that? Anyway, your review, Ant. Oh, yeah, yeah, there was a new, yeah. There was a new bit reboot thing. Yeah, we yeah. were trapped in the TV. The old guy. Yeah. Like, um, right. Um, should I do WB2K22? What a little yeah, I play with it. I bought WB2K22 for my Xbox One X. A couple of weeks ago. 2020. And I played a few hours of it. Played for, GM, played for GM mode. They brought back GM mode. Me and Paul used to play that non-stop. It's where you manage the show each week and you have to like 
aim for good ratings, book feuds, all this sort of stuff. Quite a neat thing. I quite liked it. I would have liked a proper general manager themed wrestling game. Yeah. Without the wrestling mode, I just want to manage a wrestling show. I want to book feuds. I want to decide who's going where. I want to who's going one on one with the Undertaker, and who's going to be in a tag match and all that sort of stuff. Um, but they brought it back. The new game, it's been gone for like 10 years almost, the GM mode. They replaced it with a thing called Universe Mode, which was kind of like a weird halfway house thing yeah. where you could decide what was going on the show, but it didn't really have like a goal. You just kind of had shows and it would tell you, oh, you're doing ratings. Uh. But this one's a bit more in-depth because you get injuries and stuff like that. But they brought it back. It's still got Universe Mode. It's also got loads of modes because this is the first game they've done for two years. They Because um, WB2K20 was so kind of awful... They cancelled WB2K21. Yeah, I remember that because it was fucked. Yeah, they got Wild Hogs 2'd. Did you ever hear about that? No. Do you know the story about how the film Old Dogs cancelled Wild Hogs 2? Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it's it's a massive improvement over WB2K20 just in terms of, like, bugs-wise, I've only had, like, the odd minor glitch. Like... (laughs) So no one's flying across the stage. No, stuff like, you know... um, a rope getting caught on someone's leg when they're getting up, or like a table glitching a bit funny on the floor, compared to what was going on in 2K20, where you know arms and legs were flailing, wrestlers would float in the air and stuff like that. Like if you put someone through a table just the wrong way, the game would think the table is now the floor, and your wrestler would suddenly be like six foot up in the air, like um, the stuff like that. That was, was a mess. Um, They've got a new mode in there, which is, I guess, their attempt at doing a FIFA Ultimate Team thing, where you have like a team of wrestlers, and when you complete challenges, you get cards for better rated wrestlers and all this sort of oh, stuff. Oh, cool! So like a managing a team. Yeah, but they have like the different stats, and you'll unlock higher tiers of card with better stats and all that sort of stuff, or you can just buy them because it's what things are like now. It's an all right mode for playing. It's it's kind of easy to play it without buying any cards. Works fine. Um... But yeah, it's, it's more WWE stuff. Mm. Um, the GM mode could do with a lot of extra work, I think. Um, it's fine, but it's very basic. Like You can only have four matches on a show card, and you have to also have... It's like four matches and four slots for promos. But you're like encouraged at the start to only have about 12 wrestlers, which makes it almost impossible to fill the card out. And you have to start hiring new wrestlers and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I won it. I played the long game. I accumulated some money early on, then spent money on the big names later. Oh, nice! But um, you know, to because all that matters is who's in who's in the lead at the end. So as long as you recover enough to take over the lead, you won. Um, and it's got different mode. You can play short or long seasons, so you can have like a twelve week mode, or you can have a one year mode. Um, I don't know if there's like an endless mode because that's what I used like on W Smackdown. You, um, I think on W Smackdown years ago, you could play like a twenty year. Did they have... Thing? Oh, no, I'm thinking of... They used to have the marathon mode where you just kept getting opponents come in. That's uh, survival or some shit, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, it's, it's decent. But then I got an Xbox Series X, and it turns out the Xbox One version doesn't have an update to Series X. Which seems fucking insane. You can't even buy an update. Seems absolutely insane. Um, so I bought the Xbox Series version, because it was like... Well, it was 28 quid on Amazon, and I had £10 off if I bought anything on the app. Yeah. So I got that and then traded in the Xbox One version and got 13 quid back for it. So that worked out all right. Yeah, it's not bad. £15 um, for the upgrade. Yeah. Well, £5 for the upgrade. Well, £7 for the upgrade effect. Oh, yeah. No, £5. £5 because it's £18 I paid for it. Oh. Um, but yeah, so I've got that. It looks slightly better. Like, 
there's not much difference. Um, like some of the lighting looks a little bit better. I don't think it's using ray trace lighting though, because it doesn't have that you know that ray tracing speckly effect to it. No, I think they've just they think they've just been a bit more intense with the lighting because the HDR and stuff like that. Um, but you know, yeah, it, it looks a little bit better. It loads slightly faster, not much faster. Because one thing I noticed on the Xbox One version was that it loads a lot faster than the old games did. Because they would make you sit there for like a minute or two sometimes for yeah, they games. Are like, fucking slow sometimes. Um, but on Xbox on Xbox Series, it's like five six seconds loading, which is actually kind of slow for a modern for a game on Series and PS4 and PS5 and stuff. It differs. It? Like it's really weird. Like mm. it does vary, and it depends on what you're loading into. Because it caches a lot of shit in the RAM. Yeah. So after you've played the game a couple of times, if you load it up the next time and it's still in the quick resume, it'll yeah. be quicker. Yeah. It just it just the first time you play something. I quite like that the quick resume on. It's so fucking good. Because I've only I've only downloaded a couple of games and I noticed Tony Hawk's like it didn't quick resume the first time after I played it, but after I played WWE for a bit, I went back. Tony Hawk's loaded straight away. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, Sometimes it's weird the way it does it. Yeah. Like also, have you done all the updates and everything on the Xbox? Yeah. Yeah. Once you've done all the updates and everything else like that, it works a lot of those bugs out because mine was yeah. a bit iffy. Um, no, I'm liking it. There's, there's a story mode as well. You create a wrestler and oh, cool. you start off like in the training center and you have to, you start, there's like four wrestlers that you have little storylines with. Yeah. Um, and you can just like turn down storylines and not do them, but there's all these, there's a checklist for kicking off all the storylines. Oh, there. right. Cool. So, but you can, you can ignore them, but they're all like mini storylines. So it'll be like Alexa Bliss has come to the training center and she wants an intergender tag max tag match. Mm. And depending on how you respond to her, you'll either end up being against her or tagging with her and um, stuff like that. But um, I got through to the part, I've only played through to the part where you join SmackDown um, and you start getting rivalries with the wrestlers on there. They'll you get rivalries over Twitter. <laughs> like there's a fake Twitter that yeah. comes up and you're like, hey, this guy sucks. And you're like, shut your mouth. Let's settle this in the ring. There's a bunch of fake wrestlers they've added to the game in GM mode. There's like free agents. And if you haven't got much money, you can buy like a really shitty... Like looks like a creator wrestler five minute job guy. Mm. Um, I can't. One of the guys I picked up had a really funny, really funny like name, like Gerda McGrapple face or like, <laughs> like that. And he's just a guy in a freaking. Did you hire him straight away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, wearing yeah, a helmet and he had like a like um, cut of his dungarees on. Yeah, but you could technically during GM mode like boost them and build them up. You can put them on promos and stuff like that and get them into careers and eventually make them a main eventer. Which is kind of cool, and it builds up their stats and everything, and makes them stronger. But, um, but no, it's fine. Um, I haven't bought any of the DLC. I kind of don't want to buy a DLC because I don't want Logan Paul in my Xbox. Because um, Logan Paul's one of the characters. He's had a couple red. Apparently, he's all right in a wrestling ring, but I, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> I do want Rob Van Dam though, and Umaga. But um, I met Rob Van Dam. It was all right. Nice chap. Anyway. It's all right. It's all right. I imagine there'll be a new WWE game in the new year. I think they're doing some announcement soon because they're coming out around WrestleMania season now rather than the end of the year. Um, and I would like it if GM mode was a bit better. And yeah, you're, you're a fucking review, fucker. You want to do a review? Not really, but I mean, you're going <laughs> to, aren't you? Ain't got a choice. You're going to go ahead. Hiya! Um... So I watched a, I watched a Christmas movie ad in bloody November. Christmas movie. I watched a Christmas movie in bloody November. Oh, what Christmas movie? I watched the new Will Ferrell starring Ryan Reynolds movie Spirited. A musical to a certain degree. It's not really a musical. It has like seven songs. You could put a question mark at the name of um 
Will Ferrell films being comedies too, though. That's so. true. That is true. Um, so Spirited... Do you remember that Sherlock Holmes film? Yeah, I do. The one that was so bad that, like, literally every organisation disowned it. Why did they do that? <laughs> like, why... How has he still not made that Manimal movie you fucking promised us? I don't really want him to, basically. Wait until Chris Pratt's free to play Manimal. No! It's meant to be Matt Berry! In my script, it was Matt Berry! What about Matt, what about Manimal versus Mindhorn? <laughs> no, no, my Manimal script was meant to... Oh, I'm not going to go into it, right? So I wrote a Manimal script. It was a comedy film. It was originally going to be Jack Black that I wanted as the lead, but then I was like, Matt Berry would be better because Manimal was English. Yeah. So it would be better if Matt Berry was English, but he like put on his stupid English accent, so he was just like mispronouncing words. Um, but yeah, never mind. And I wanted... Um, I wanted um, What's his name? Richard Iodi as uh, as Higgins. You know the man, the the, the African chieftain that he hung out with. <laughs> he was clearly an American dude, but not a really bad African accent. I wanted Richard Iodi to just put on a really bad American accent and just play his character from Garth. Mar- Basically, I just wanted to make Garth Marenghi's manimal, and <laughs> it's never going to happen. Yeah. But I wrote a script for it anyway. Never mind. Never mind. I'm getting too into manimal. <clears throat> so I watched the new Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds starring movie Spirited so I'm going to go full fucking spoilers on this dog shit I'm going to go full spoilers on this dog shit Anne. I don't even care I'm just going to talk about every aspect of the plot why are you touching my bum because I want my missile back you didn't even react when I caught the missile no I mean I didn't um, so this is the story all about how Ryan Reynolds is a PR guy about town I thought you were going to say another P word for a second he got in one little fight and his mum got scared and she says, hey, I'm dead. One I really don't care. <laughs> so anyway, so Spirit is the story of, of Ryan Reynolds who... Um, Ryan Reynolds is a PR exec who works for various industries and just basically creates um, creates tension between groups to sell stuff. So initially we're introduced to him and he's, he's at a convention where... People that grow Christmas trees are unionised and they're trying to come up with a way to stop people from buying fake trees. Mm. And Ryan Reynolds comes in and goes, look, all you need to do is you need to make it seem like the people that are buying fake trees... They hate Radiohead. They hate Christmas and they're destroying Christmas. Oh. And it's like a temporary solution to... That was a good joke. For good no, people shut up. Appreciate and shut up! It's my review! <laughs> um, and so he basically creates this fake narrative, so's sows these um, seeds of dissent and then just lets them fucking grow. Loves it. Um, and uh, and Will Ferrell sees him and, he go- and, and Will Ferrell is basically one of the ghosts of, you know, the the Christmas carol. So yeah. the ghost of Christmas past, present and future. Will Ferrell is present and his idea is we need to change this guy for the better. But he, but Ryan Reynolds is classed as irredeemable or unredeemable because he is, he is completely aware that he is... A a uh, like um, he's he's completely aware that he has no empathy for anyone that he's affecting his life with these decisions. All he wants to do is he wants to be successful and he wants to just use that success and money to just live his life. Oh, is he the nineties guy from Futurama? Essentially, um, I wish I didn't have bonitis. My only regret is that I had bonitis. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you so- remember Safety Dance? <laughs> that song wasn't as safe as they made out. <laughs> Um, so so yeah so basically that's that's and Will Ferrell's like of course Will Ferrell is like look I'm going to do one more tour so they do every year they do the Christmas Carol thing and they pick someone to to 
Correct. To make better. To make the world a better place. And he meets Ryan Reynolds. He gets involved in his life and he just goes hog wild. But Ryan Reynolds starts to use a little bit of his magic to fuck up the normal plan. So first of all, he sleeps with the ghost of Christmas Prast. She's a very cute lady. He sleeps with her. She's still played by Carol. No, it's someone else. Someone else. um, she was pretty hot back then. She was pretty yeah. hot back then. Uh, but no, but basically... Carol Kane. There you go. Uh, but basically, yeah, the Ghost of Christmas Past is like, okay, let's go to your past. And it's like, oh, we just happened to be in your bedroom from when you were a kid. And then they bang. And then Will Ferrell turns up and he's like, you had sex with the Ghost of Christmas Past. So now I'm taking over the past and I'm going to do the present, okay? It's just a bit of a sub-in. So they go, all right, okay, fine. And they start like building, like they start talking, they start communicating. And it turns out that Will Ferrell... The reason that Will Ferrell is so determined to stop this unredeemable person being unredeemable and making them a better person is because he himself was unredeemable. Spoiler alert, Will Ferrell is playing Scrooge, (gasps) who dies three and a half weeks after that infamous (laughs) Christmas Carol story. Um, That's why there wasn't a sequel. (laughs) There is quite a funny line. They're they're in a pub talking. So they're in a pub that Will Ferrell takes him back to his past to show him what, what time was like then. And he goes, and he goes, yeah, well, back then the leading cause of death was Monday. And I was like, well, that's all right. That's an all right joke. Well done, guys. Um, there is there is also a funny funny scene where they're like drinking pints and Will Ferrell takes like a big swing and he's like, oh, that's so good. And Ryan Reynolds takes, takes a swing because hot piss. That's actually hot. What is this? What are you serving us? He goes, oh, it tastes so good. <laughs> It made me laugh. Anyway, but um, it's actually so, hot piss. Yeah, it might actually be hot piss. So yeah, so and uh, and Ryan Reynolds sees sees what they're trying to do, and he, like Will Ferrell's doing his best to transform him, but in in actuality, like he has to go a little bit further, and he agrees with Ryan Reynolds that if Ryan Reynolds at least goes through the process with him, he'll take retirement, and retirement for these people in this like fictional world where they're all Ghost of Christmas Past entities, spirits. They are essentially in an afterlife scenario. The, the, he'll take retirement which means he'll go back to earth and live the final years of his life and then pass on to the other side and so they're like alright yeah, fine whatever go on let's do it so Ryan Reynolds goes on this journey and it, it turns out that at some point he lost his sister to cancer and that's his, funny his that's sister comedy his sister's final wish was you know can you you're you're the successful guy you're a confident guy you've got you've got all this stuff can you for me take my daughter and, and raise her. And Ryan Reynolds goes, I'm not that person. And as his younger brother comes in, he's a bit of a fuck-up stoner, but Ryan Reynolds is sort of like, it's insinuated that Ryan Reynolds is sort of like giving him money and looking after him. But as his fuck-up stoner brother comes in, he goes, our sister's got something really important to say. And he goes, I'm sorry. And walks out the room. And she dies soon after that. Hmm. And like, that's his regret. And he doesn't, he faced it by looking after his brother, by, you know, providing for them. But at the same time, he's not doing what his sister asked him to do in her final, final days. And he feels guilty for it. So he's, he's trying to help the daughter. The way that he tries to help his daughter, his PR firm, he gets his PR firm to do some digging on the, on the other person running for class president. She's about 10 or 12. And his, his researcher digs up a video that he posted and then immediately deleted when he was like eight or nine years old, where he's like, Ugh, I have to eat Christmas dinner with homeless people. Gross. Cause he's working in like a soup kitchen, his parents own and run. And like, he posted like, it's like got the gross and then the vomit emoji and all this other shit. And like, and like he deleted it cause he felt bad immediately. Like it wasn't him, but 
but he still posted it, so it's somewhere on the internet. So his, so Ryan Reynolds' research team find it, and they go like, "Yeah, you just need to post this." Like as soon as he posts his like annual, "I'm feeding the homeless with my family" picture, then just post this and like completely ruin him. He won't be class president. You'll be class president because no one will vote for this little prick. And she's like, "Okay, I guess that's what I'll need to do, Ryan Reynolds." And so he finally gets the ghost of Christmas future visit him. And Ghosts of Christmas Future is like, I'm going to show you what happens. And it's like, oh, this is just like three weeks from now. Why are we here? This is the future. And it's like, oh, yeah, that kid got bullied into killing himself at the age of 12. And like, this is where this is where things get interesting. <laughs> so I'm I was sure like, this film's a comedy. I was, <laughs> so I was... When I was when when they first had like the like we'll find some we'll we'll do like an op thing and we'll like find out this because they do it early in the film they they drop this like there's a scene where he's like I'll show you how to defeat this kid in Mortal Kombat no in, in the school presidency I'll show you how to do this and as soon as I saw that they were doing that and like the thing that they were going to post I was like oh that kid's going to kill himself because like I don't know if anyone knows this like when you. Um, I have a lot of like mental health hotlines and things like that that I have to communicate with as part of my job. One of the things they publish are like statistics, like people to watch out for things where, you know, people. Oh, are I love statistics. So you get like emails and stuff that just say like these are, these are like considered vulnerabilities and like things that you, you need to keep an eye out for. And like one of the notes recently was like the UK is much lower than the US in teen suicides. And I was like looking at the stats and it's like people killing themselves between like from like below 12, like for the UK, it's a super low percentage, like a tiny percentage of the suicides we've got. In the US, it's like 7% or something like that. It's like, fuck. It's between 2 and 7%. I can't remember what it is, but it's like, I just, I remember seeing it. I was like, oh, that's fucking grim. And it's like, and it's like, you know, they don't go into a breakdown of it, but I was just like, you know, when you're morbidly curious about something you see, you're like, that can't be fucking right. But no, like guns, pills, like all kinds of shit. And it's all linked to like fucking like, and they put like the reasons in the American like crime reports and shit like that. It's like online bullying, online harassment, sexual abuse. And it's like, fuck me, that's grim. But, and so I was like, I was like, okay, so this is actually something that's fairly realistic for a fucking weird comedy film hmm. but then like and then like Ryan Reynolds learns his lesson learns his lesson oh, by dying that's yeah. right Ryan Reynolds dies in this Christmas I'm spoiling comedy. this movie I'm spoiling everything about this movie it's a fucking joke mate it's a weird movie that no one is watching and it cost 75 million dollars Apple made it for Apple TV oh no one's watching it I Anyway, so yeah, so like people sub to watch Ted, Ted Lasso in one binge. Yeah, then... that's it. Um, so basically, yeah. So Ryan Reynolds sees the Ted future. Lasso. He sees the he sees what happens to this kid. He stops his stops his his niece from posting the video. Mm. So she doesn't post it. So the kid doesn't die. And then Octavia Spencer, who's also in this movie by the way, and is an incredible singer. So the two songs she's actually singing on are fucking incredible. Some of the music's actually all right. It's just not catchy. It's not really like memorable or anything. It's not like this isn't going to be a Christmas hit for anyone. It might be like it's going to be like Free Guy. You watch it once, you're like, oh, I saw it. Okay, fine. That's it. One um, of the guys at work thinks it's the best film he's ever really? seen. Yeah. How many horses kicked him in the head before he came to that opinion? Quite a few, I think. <laughs> you love sucking on horses' assholes and keeps getting kicked in the head. He's like, oh, yeah, actually, uh, Free Guy. It's, 
Bobcat Golf Way from the Police Academy movies. I don't know. Um, anyway, sorry. Getting off point. They reference Bobcat Golfway in this. I think his brother goes to a costume party. This also isn't a Bobcat Golfway film. It, it sounds be, like one. It might be. So anyway, so Ryan Reynolds dies. He pushes Will Ferrell out of the way of a bus because Will Ferrell is like, you're unredeemable. I can't do this. The only way that I can do this, uh, because he takes his retirement, so he becomes human. And he goes, the only way that I can do this, the only way that I can prevent you from, you know, from wasting your life and, and being a bad person is by going back up there. So he, he just runs in front of a bus to kill himself. And Ryan Reynolds, for some reason, just runs in front of the bus and pushes him out of the way. And as he pushes him out of the way, time freezes. And they're like, you did it. You redeemed yourself. And he's like, oh, okay. And so they do this like big final song and dance. And it's all about them being bros and being best friends. And like he's worked out that like, you know, he is a good person. He has learned from what's happened. And Will Ferrell is like, oh, okay, cool. And then, and then um, the the ghost of the ghost of Marley, who runs the whole operation, because he was like the original ghost of the Christmas Carol one with the chains. He um, he turns to Ryan Reynolds and he goes, he goes, okay, so that's your finale. So that's absolutely fine. Let's start rolling again. He's like, what? And then the bus just fucking knocks him flying. And then Ryan Reynolds, like, it cuts to, like, what? No, sorry. It, it shows him land in the bed of a truck. And then Ryan Reynolds gets up and he goes, holy shit, how did I not die from that? And he goes, oh, it looks like you did. And he's like, oh. And it's the ghost of Marley. And he says, why is no one giving me mouth to mouth? It's like, where would they do that? You were hit by a bus. There's not much left to breathe air into. And he's like, oh, fuck. All right, well, I'm dead, I guess. And then... His dead sister turns up and basically says to him, look, you know, you are dead, but it's not like the worst thing in the world. Like you're essentially, you know, you redeemed yourself. So you're not going to hell. You're like at least going. And he becomes the new ghost of Christmas present. He replaces Will Ferrell. And then Will Ferrell goes, Will Ferrell throughout the film has like a weird romance that's not really a romance. It's kind of cute at moments, but they don't give it enough time for it to develop, like to actually develop into anything. But Will Ferrell and Octavia Spencer have like a really sweet romance. And it's really nice to see that because... You've usually. I don't think. Don't think Scrooge would. Oh, Scrooge strikes me as someone who'd be racist. Oh, he's he he's two hundred years old, older than he was. He's there. He's got yeah, him he's the times. He's, he's, he's got the times. He's gotten better. Yeah. Yeah. There's a funny joke where he's trying to remember the name of Tiny Tim. No. And he's like, there was a little kid. I think his name was like Silly Stephen or something. It's like his name was Tiny Tim. And it's like Ryan Reynolds just going, his name was fucking Tiny Tim for fuck's sake. And, he's like, and they get out the left and he goes, yeah, his name was like like like. Really small Tim. No, that's not right. It was alliteration. <laughs> he goes, oh, he was Tiny Tim. He goes, I fucking told you <laughs> like that. No, but they, so here's the, here's the thing, right? This really stupid Christmas movie that's on Apple TV. No one's going to fucking watch it. Look, it's charming enough. It's weird enough. It's got, so they've got good chemistry. Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds are both really fucking likable. Even when they're not doing likable things, um, they're really likable people. And it's, it's weird that they haven't done a film together before, because I feel like Ryan Reynolds would have cameoed in something, or there would have been some place. Maybe they, they hate up. each other. Pun. Maybe they hate each other. Maybe they do. It doesn't seem like it from this. They seem to really get on. Like genuinely feel like they are, you know, coming. Aren't they to... both in a Van Wilder. Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. Who would, who would Will Ferrell play in Van Wilder? The oldest what student. What's the one with Ryan Reynolds? He was in one of them, wasn't he? What? 
One of them National Lampoons. Yeah, he was in Van Wilder. Was he in the first one or the second one? First one. The Rise of Taj is the second one. (laughs) (laughs) Carl Penn plays Taj, a returning character from the seminal work of Reynolds and Van Wilder. (laughs) Seminal. Fucking did it again. Hmm. What? You write in the Manimal movies. I know. Um, But yeah, so Spirited, it's, uh, it's a film. Yeah? It is, it's certainly a film. Yeah, but you have to go on to that Apple thing. Yeah. Yeah, you do. I mean, I've been clicking quit to update in iTunes for about 10 years now. Yeah. I should yeah. just uninstall iTunes. Just uninstall iTunes. Yeah. Um, it's not terrible. That's the best thing I could say. And it's really nice to see an age-appropriate romance between two not conforming, like not, not conventionally attractive leads. Octavia Spencer is fucking talented. And like... What's wrong with Octavia Spencer? There's nothing wrong with Octavia Spencer. She's just not a tall... She's called her ugly. She's, she's not a fucking five foot ten blonde bombshell ant. So she's probably not going to get... Could be. <laughs> she's probably about five foot ten. <laughs> she, yeah. she got that wino-plasty. She yeah. <laughs> but no, it's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just weird enough that it like... It works to some degree, but it's not its not good enough to be, like, Scrooged. It's not good enough to replace, like, Muppet Christmas Carol or any of those films that have done this a million times better in the past. It's just its just there. But the fact that it's something new is kind of nice. And the fact that they're like, yeah, we need a couple of deaths in this. <laughs> he didn't get to kill himself. Everyone loves death. Like... They do just like go like, fuck it, yeah, whatever. And then someone, I was reading a review for this after I watched it. I was like, someone else has to have the opinion that this is just fine. And I was reading reviews and everyone's like, it's really good. It's really, really okay. Like, they're just like fucking that positive spin. I read one review from like The Telegraph. And it's like, this anti-Twitter, anti-social media, woke nonsense will not do for Christmas. Like, is it woke to be against teen suicides? (laughs) No, no, just let the things kill themselves. Fuck them, fuck them kids. <laughs> and also, it's Instagram, not Twitter. Which seems <laughs> weird that they got that mixed up because it's a modern movie. They didn't watch the film. Yeah, probably not. Uh, anyway, you spent the Telegraph to do research. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a Matthew Modine. Right down the middle. If it's coming up to Christmas, you're looking for a new Christmas movie to watch, absolutely fine. If you if you actually are looking for something that's enjoyable... Gather the family around to watch something on Apple... <laughs> Let me just start the app, my darling. I got an iTunes voucher for Christmas. I could subscribe to Apple. So Video here's the it. thing, right? There, if I was going to offer a weird alternative Christmas movie film that people don't normally watch because it's it wasn't regarded great when it was released, but it's actually not bad, and it's got James Gandolfini in it and Catherine. Um, oh God, damn it! What's her name from Shit's Creek? She was the mum in uh, in Home Alone. Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara in it. I can't believe you'd forget. Um, it's, it's, and it's actually pretty good. It's called Surviving Christmas. And it's about... Oh, yeah, 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 Ben Affleck loses his fucking mind. He's a millionaire who loses his goddamn mind. So he rents the family that are now living in his childhood home to let him stay there and pretend they're his family. And he just... He's insufferable. But James Gandolfini and Catherine O'Hara are fucking hilarious. Like, I can't... James Gandolfini was good at pretty much everything, and it's so sad he's not around now. But it's it's really you good. Too much gabagool. Man. You did. <laughs> too much gabagool. 
There's a scene. It's nice. There's a scene, like there's a scene where he's like, "I'm gonna spend some of that money on something that makes me happy," because he's going through like a midlife crisis. When I say midlife, and he's going through a bit of a crisis, and he buys the car he had as a teenager. <laughs> It's like fucking trans out with an eagle on the front. He's like, vroom, vroom, you recognize that noise, baby? <laughs> to Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> in her 50s, just like, well, I'm not fucking in the backseat of that. <laughs> but really fun film. Stupidly fun film, considering. But it's just as weird. So I think that works on a different level. Not the same level, sorry. Your review, Ad. About Christmas with the Cranks. Those are bad. Christmas with the Cranks. And what was the other one? The one with Tim Allen where he had to... Whereas daughter's going away, so he's like, we're not going to do Christmas at home anymore. There's one with... So Christmas of the Cranks might be the Tim Allen one. What's yeah, the one with Danny one DeVito that, and... That's Dan Aykroyd and Tim Allen, Christmas of the Cranks. Yeah, what's the one with um, Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito? <laughs> Alright, I'll, I'll look that up whilst you do your review. Um, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Season 7. It's finished. I've watched every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine now. That's a big deal. We should be. Oh, right, cool. Congratulations. Should be applauding. Um, Star Trek Deep Space Nine is still the best season of Star Trek. Granted, I've still got Voyager to watch through in my grand rewatching of Star Trek television. Um, but I've got a feeling Voyager's not going to be better than Deep Space Nine. It, I, call me crazy. Call me crazy. I don't think the Doctor and Seven of Nine is enough. To make me like Voyager. Um, but Deep Space Nine, fantastic. This series is fully about the war. It's the last two seasons were, to be honest. Um, but this one's all about they get, you know, they got Deep Space Nine back. Their Esri Dax has joined the crew after Jadzia gets killed in the previous series. Um, her symbiote gets put into a new post. It was a problem. You find it all happened off screen. Cool. Um, so it's they got a new. They didn't, didn't have a budget for that. No, but she's back. She goes, it's a new Dax. Cisco meets her and she joins the crew and all this sort of stuff. There's like a multi-part opening thing because Cisco, um, he leaves Deep Space Nine at the end of Series 6 because yeah. some shit goes down and he's hiding out on Earth. Some plot twists happen. Esri meets him. They go back to Deep Space Nine. She joins the crew. And it's a, it's a nice thing going on there because it's kind of like they do a bit of a trans-allegory thing going on because she's like... It's technically the same person, but she's different, and some people are a bit weirded out by it because it's like she knows everything about them, but they don't know Esri. Isn't she in a relationship? But no, because she was married to Worf. But in like Trill culture, if someone dies, the relationship, the uh, marriage is over, oh, and right. they're not supposed to have a relationship with someone they were in a relationship with in a previous life. Um, so, oh, what if Worf and her get back together? Worf's weirded out by it. He doesn't like it. Because as far as he, he, him and Martok, who was like, Martok's the head of his family. Because he, yeah. gets, he gets bought Bartok's into... Martok's the one who Martok. steals the... Oh. Bartok, that's the... Bartok's the little bat. No, Bartok's the... Guy no, who's... Bartok's the bat. The little magician no, no, bat. No, no, no. You're thinking From the Anastasia. cartoon. You're thinking of Anastasia. But what I'm talking about is Bartok Industries, which is the industry that took over in The Fly 2. It stole Seth Brundle's teleportation devices. Anyway, they've mourned Jadzia's death. Yeah. And suddenly... She's back on this thing, but she's different. Oh, you're not really her. So a lot of the series focuses on her yeah. and what's going on with her life and how she's adjusting to being a trill now and all this sort of stuff because she's have because she wasn't prepared for it. Most trills go through years of training to be ready to accept all these memories from past lives. Yeah, but because it was an emergency situation, 
where she had to take the host. She, she wasn't ready. She's still got all the memories of the previous lives and she'll take on personality traits and stuff like that. Yeah. So as a person, she changes because, you know, in she's got like, yeah. doesn't change in appearance. Oh. She's still same person she was before the hope, before the symbiote got put in her. Mm. But like, it's, it's like if you suddenly had a ton of experiences added into your brain from, you know, if you had like seven lifetimes worth of experiences in your brain, you wouldn't be the same person straight yeah, afterwards. Would. Yeah. You would. You'd have a different. I'm legit, mate. I'm too legit to. Quit. You'd have a whole bunch of memories of different things that you've gone through. Yeah. So yeah, there's a whole thing with her. Um, have you ever done acid? <laughs> acid house. Um, party. Oh yeah, that classic acid mm-hmm. house. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. So. Yeah, uh, all those movies, twenty four hour party people and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's a lot of serious focuses on her. Um, Jake Cisco kind of vanishes in this series. He has a bit. In, he's very important to the opening of the series because it's very. Cisco family oriented the first couple of episodes, but then he's like barely in it from then on. Um, there's an amazing standout episode, probably one of the best episodes of not just Star Trek, but best episodes of television ever. Um, where the end, where the Defiant crew they go, they have to go to an outpost, and this outpost is like it's on this rubbish rock, just like a little planetoid that's out in the middle of nowhere. Mm. But it's got a communications tower that the Starfleet have to keep active so they can keep communications going during this war. But obviously, it's a strategic, strategically important position. So they're there fighting, stopping this Jem Hadar attack. There's way too many Jem Hadar for them to take on. Yeah. Um. And this like Battle of Thermopylae type thing, where there's only a handful of them to defend this little base, and it's all played out as like being the most depressing piece of shit thing that's ever possibly going to happen to anyone because they're fighting over a, a dirt ball. There's nothing there. And over the course of this battle, like practically everyone who was there, the Starfleet crew that they'd gone to, like give supplies to, because they're just going to give supplies to this crew, but they've been stuck there for like for like ten months. Yeah, and they're all going stir crazy. It's got the guy who played Tuco in um, Break, Break, oh, nice, Breaking Bad, nice, yeah, and he's going crazy. Um, I think playing against kind of, type. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> um, really good casting episode. But if, there's like it all builds up to this battle where the Gem Hadar are like attacking. And just destroying them, like they're like they're getting wiped out. And Nog gets his leg blown off, and um, like so he has to, so he has to sort of deal with that. He's gonna have to have his leg amputated. So there's, like, there's a real cost to it, and like all the characters that they went to save, like basically all die. And then the last thing that happens is Starfleet sends like a whole new crew to look after the rock and defend it, and their defiant crew have to leave. And it's just like they're just gonna be stuck there again. It's going to be like 10 months before someone comes to drop off any more supplies and they're probably going to get attacked again. And it's like this whole thing about war being this endless cycle where no one comes out of it unscathed. Um, and that leads into a really good episode where Nog's come back to the station after he's had his physiotherapy. He's got a new prosthetic leg, which obviously in the future is like super high tech. You'd barely tell there was a prosthetic leg there. But he like, he's limping and he yeah. shouldn't be limping. Oh. He's acting like it's painful because in his head it is painful to have this leg and he doesn't like it. And this whole episode he hides in a holodeck and he's basically allowed to live in... they got this Vegas holodeck program that's been around for a couple of series where there's this like Frank Sinatra-style crooner who's like a self-aware hologram. Um, sort of playing off of Deep Space Night of Voyager having their self-aware hologram with the Doctor. He's, you know, aware he's a hologram and aware that he's in a program, but he's like living a life in the program. And it's a really good episode when Nog just sort of finds something to distract him from the fact he's got a new prosthetic leg 
and all that. He gets really into running the casino and helping it become profitable and stuff like that. And it sort of leads him to recovering and things because he starts being a grumpy goose for a while. Um, but that's the standout episodes. And then there's like a nine-part finale to the show. Like the last nine episodes. The last episode's a two-hour-long special. And the last nine episodes were all like one continuous story. Which Deep Space Nine always had like threads that were running throughout the series, but they'd still have individual episodes quite more often than not. But the last nine episodes is like focused on this whole finale arc where the Cardassians, like the guy who's in charge of the Cardassians decides he's had enough of the Dominion because they're just like in giving up Cardassian lives in the war. Like they're just letting Cardassians get slaughtered and then they bring in another race to help them deal with the war and fight more battles for them and stuff like that. And he sort of starts a rebellion and that leads to Kira having to help the Cardassians, mm. teach them how to, the Cardassians that are starting this rebellion, teaching them how to do a rebellion. Because when the show started, it's shortly after the Cardassians have been kicked out of Bajor after they were occupying it and she was part of resistance, you know, doing a rebellion against the Cardassians. And now at the end of the series, she's having to teach the Cardassians how to do a rebellion against the occupiers who have taken over their territory. And there's a nice, nice parallel to the previous series, the early series. And there's a whole plot twist going around with like the the changelings have got a virus in them. It turns out that someone put the virus in Odo and he was the one who spread it to him unwittingly. Like there's a secret organisation that was trying to commit genocide and wipe out the the um, changelings. So that's like a whole thing going on. You see the changeling leaders sort of rotting as the show goes on. Can't shapeshift, the skin's all gone flaky. Um, and then the finale is like one of the best finales a TV show's ever had. Like absolutely fully satisfying, ridiculously expensive finale. Like they have like massive CGI battles with hundreds of ships going on. It's like a 1999 budget on a TV show. Like you remember what special effects were like on TV shows back in the 90s? They couldn't do much CGI back then, could they? It'd be like, you know, you can't even do much CGI nowadays with shows like Arrow and Flash and stuff. They're kind of a bit ropey a lot of the time. But um, they went all out. Friggin' massive, great, big, awesome finale. And it was like, oh, knocking the thing. Um, <laughs> they did a whole big finale. They free Cardassia. Yeah. Um, massive, great, big losses, though, because the Dominion are basically like, if the Cardassians are going to rise up against us, then we'll just um, eradicate them. Just going to genocide them to death. I mean, isn't that how we deal with everything? Yeah. In the real world? It's like 800 million Cardassians are killed by the end of the episode. And you get Garax finally allowed to... Finally able to come back to Cardassia because he's been exiled all these years for something he did. Um, And it's like, he's like super cynical about it because, you know, it's not the Cardassia he knew, it's in ruins. People are dead and, you know, he fought and he's managed to help free his homeland from the Dominion, but like 800 million people, artists, he talks about, because he's always, throughout the series, he's always gone about how great the art is on Cardassia. He gives like Bashir books to read and all this sort of stuff. they got a very sort of like, uh, sort of structured form of art the Cardassians yeah. have, where like, you get a mystery, like a mystery novel, there isn't really a mystery. We oh. know who the killer is. The detective's going to catch the killer. He just knows who it is and the story is, this person's going to face justice because he's done a bad thing. Because that's how their whole system works. Oh, it's like the like the really quick crimes in uh, Rick and Morty. It's like, I stabbed him, here's the knife. It's like the way their justice system works on Cardassia is if someone's guilty of something, or if they've decided that person's guilty, they're going to be guilty. And they'll have a trial, but they're guilty. 
It's already decided. Their sentence, their like punishment, like what crime they committed and everything is already decided. Like regardless of whether it's true. If it's true, if if it's not true, it's almost impossible to prove otherwise. Because it won't matter. It won't matter if it's not true. The sentence has been passed, that person's dying or being executed or whatever. And that's how Kardashians live. They're like they're very like, this is our structure, it's order. It's you know, because they're very much about order and structure. Mm. But, you know, deferring to the higher powers to control everything. But um, that stuff's really good with Garak and all that. There's a fun episode before the end as well. Before the two-part finale, they fit in one extra little fun episode. Yeah. Um, Where Bashir's been having this storyline where he's found out about the virus. He thinks he's got a chance to cure it. No one at Starfleet's letting him know about anything. They won't send him the data he needs. Because they know that if he cures Odo, that's something that the Dominion would be after to cure the changelings, their own people. And so he's like, sets up a trap to lure Section 31 to the thing, and they have an episode where the Section 31 agent, played by William Sadler... Um, oh, what? Yeah, he's in it a couple of times. Oh, you um, mentioned that from the off. But he um does like the future equivalent of a cyanide pill to kill himself, and they have him basically in a coma, and while he's in a coma, they're going to use a mind thing to send themselves into his mind. It's like a Romulan mind-reading device. Yeah. Used for mind meld type things, that sort of thing. And no Brian and Bashir go into his mind to try and find where the cure is for this, for the um, the disease that's spreading around. But it's a fun little mind heist that they go on. And yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have Brian and Bashir get their own episode at the end because they kind of get a bit forgotten in amongst all the finale stuff. Um, you know, it's just just a fantastic series. The only things in the last episode that stand out as being a little bit like, eh, is that, like I said, Jake Sisko has nothing to do for the last half of the series. He just sort of vanishes into the background. Um, there's a bit where everyone's remembering what happened over the years on the ship and you get little flashback montages. Yeah. Because a bunch of them leave, like half the crew leave the Deep Space Nine at the end of the show. Oh, they do the little goodbyes? Yeah. Um, only a few of them stay behind. Um, but um, they don't show any clips of Jadzia because apparently they were going to, they, they wanted to get Terry Farrell back for a scene. They were going to do something to have her appear in the show yeah. in the finale but then they cut the scene and apparently her and her agent weren't happy about that and wouldn't sign off on allowing any stock footage to be used oh was it like a her. big scene yeah well it was It was going to be they were going to have a scene for her and then have the stock footage at the end of the memories and the montage yeah but because she wouldn't because they wouldn't um, they decided to cut the scene and not film it and not pay her for that obviously she didn't want to take any money for the stock footage to be used because they'd have to pay her to use her face in the last episode because technically, even though it's stock footage, you get paid for your likeness and all that. Don't you? Because, you know, yeah, that's a thing. Um, so it's a bit weird when Worf's remembering his life on the on the Deep Space Nine and there's, like, nothing of Jadzia. Um, and also, that montage at the end, they should have put in a montage of Morn sitting at the bar and just like having memories of him sitting at the bar. Oh, that would have been fucking hilarious if everyone's having these sentimental things. And, and he's just cut, like cut to more, and it's more shots of him. Don't don't show any clips from the episode where he actually gets up and walks around a bunch. No, just <laughs> just just people laughing at his jokes, even though he said nothing. All this sort of stuff. I wanted. I wanted. Morn deserves a montage. Um, Justice for Morn. It's a really good last episode, though. Apparently, the last scene they filmed was a scene where it's just before the final part of the episode before Cisco goes off and stuff happens with Cisco. What does he do? Um he he basically becomes one of the prophets. Oh. He um because his whole arc in the series is accepting faith. 
as the series goes on. There's a religious bent to his arc. Because at the start of the show, he's got no faith. And it's not faith as in religious faith. It's faith as in faith in the world, in reality, in any, in anything. Yeah. Because he's lost his wife in the Battle of Wolf 359 with the when Picard was a Borg. He, he was in that battle and his wife died and he's lost all... He doesn't want to be in Starfleet anymore. And the the course of the series is he becomes known to the Bajorans as like a emissary yeah. to the prophets. The aliens that live in the wormhole, the Bajorans believe are gods. And they use um, Cisco as like someone to communicate with. And they prophesize that he's going to be this great hero. And he turns out he does in the end. He becomes a big hero for him. And then falls into a fire pit fighting <laughs> Gold Cat. And gets saved by the prophets. And he says he'll come back someday, but you never... No. It's not happened. No. And he is getting older and older, so I don't think it's going to happen. Plus, no, plus a few it. of the cast of Deep Space Nine are dead now, so... <laughs> um, it's unsurprising. Rene Aubergenois died, and so did the um, Aaron Eisenberg, who plays Nog. Yeah. They're both dead as dicks. Um, so, yeah. But no, it, uh, good good show. Fantastic good finale. Good times. One of, the, one of the best TV shows ever made, Deep Space well. Nine. It's got hardly any bad episodes. It's got like three bad episodes in the whole seven season run. It's just fantastic TV. But it took you this long to watch it all. So if it was I've watched so- it all before. This oh, is my this is my first rewatch since it originally aired. I've got the deep. I've got the videos in the cupboard. <laughs> you didn't rewatch it when you got the videos. I watched them when I got the videos. <laughs> Obviously, I've got I've got the last episode. What we leave behind there? What you leave behind? You're only um, human. I assumed you watched them when you got the videos. Of course, I did. I think I collected. I was collecting. I used to collect Voyager and Deep Space Nine as soon as the videos came out because they came out on video here before they were on TV. Because hmm. Sky, for some reason, decided to like wait three years to start showing the shows over I here. See. It was ridiculous. Did they release them on like the single videos, or did you have to buy the season? two episodes on each one? Jesus. And then there's a box set at the end of the year. Jesus. The right. box is like 20, 20 tapes. Yeah, most of because it was like ten quid for each tape and two episodes at a time. Fuck yeah! yeah, yeah. And it'll be. Every two weeks. So you'd have Voyager and Deep Space Nine every two weeks. You know what? They could make a mint if they did that magazine thing. You know, like two episodes of Voyager. <laughs> I used to have got the Star Trek Encyclopedia fact file thing. That was a weekly thing. <coughs> Sounds like a Yeah, yeah. It was one of those things where you get the folders and the binders and you... Yeah. All the Star Trek stuff. I know my Star Trek stuff. But no, Deep Space Nine, fantastic. I need to start Voyager now. Cool. Shit. Cool. I can watch Harry Kim not get promoted over the course of the entire series. Even though he's pretty competent. Yeah, yeah. And even, I mean, he dies he, he, multiple he, times. For Harry them. Kim, he, the guy who plays him is Garrett the guy. Wang. Is it the same guy from Inhumans? No. It's not the guy from X-Men 3, it's also in Inhumans. Well, Anson Mount's in Inhumans. No, it's not He Anson was Black Mount. Bolt. No, I'm talking about the and guy. he's in Strange New Worlds. The guy who plays Harry Kim. Who is it? Garrett Wang. Garrett Wang's in Fuck All. He directs stuff now. So does Roxanne Big Dawson, who was um, Belana Torres. <laughs> She directs a lot of stuff nowadays. A lot of TV shows you've probably watched. Oh no, he looks nothing like. No, it's not Gary Wang. Right. No, misremembering it. Who who in X Men? You know the guy with the little the little spikes that comes out in X Men Three. Morrow, Marrow. No, it's not Marrow. He's not meant to be Marrow. Yeah, just it's Marrow. Just little spike guy. It's Marrow. No, it's tiny little spikes. He has it's no role. Spike. It's a stunt man. That that's the first. No, it's not a stunt man. He does it's nothing. The same guy in the who film. plays the prophet in Inhumans. You know the one who bangs his head and he can't see in the future anymore. Him? Yeah. He's, that's not the same guy, is that's it? That's the same guy. I don't like that. Do you not? No, nah, Inhumans was... I don't remember. Inhumans <laughs> was so bad. It was, it was, like, not good. Yeah. Is it canon? Yeah. I hope not. I hope it is. 
It's canon to Agents of Shield. No, it's not even canon to Agents of Shield. He was apparently he was meant to be Quill. Quill. Yeah, but Quill isn't a dude. Peter Quill. Yeah. No, Quill isn't a, isn't an actual X Man. Oh. You're an X Man. I am an X Man. Because you got the surgery recently. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, your review. Um, I got a transformer in my hand. Yeah, don't do that because it's going to make a fuck ton of noise. Yeah, but when you turn the crane around, his Shut head up. his head turns around as well, which is kind of neat. It's cute. It's cute. Terrible. It's cute. Terrible. It's cute. Um, I like the hatch you can open. It's got absolutely nothing. Oh, on Ken there. Lung. Ken Lung. He was um, Medusa in that. She was in a bunch of stuff, and then after that, I don't think she's been in anything. Because she was in shows, wasn't she? She was. I know she was in other stuff. Well, Ken Lung was in... Because uh, you remember in... when they got Medusa and they shaved her head? Yeah. Ken Lung was in uh, The Beach That Makes You Old. He's 52. That's yeah. great for 52. Um, right. you yeah, he thing. was in Humans and he was in Old and he was in Saw. He's been in everything. Oh, he was the cop in Saw. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets um, shotgun straight for the head. Oh. I love Anson Mount's picture on IMDb. He looks like Giga Chad. Look at Anson Mount's picture on IMDb. He looks like Giga Chad. You know what? If that's what he looks like, then let him fucking roll with that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. So my second to last review is gonna be is gonna be Pokemon. Pokemon, the new Pokemon, Pokemon Scarlet. Oh, oh, you're playing it, are you? Yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah I'm, um, not, I'm not playing it. Am I? I offered to buy you a fucking copy, and you said you wouldn't have time to fucking play it. I know. Shut up. Then. So I want to be the very best, like no one ever was. Dun, 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 dun! Um, this is... I'm a big fan of these Pokemon games, and I think that people are probably getting that idea from the fact that I've reviewed every mainline Pokemon game that's been released in the last fucking five years that we've been doing this. Six years? It's actually eight years. Really? It was eight years a couple of weeks ago. Fucking hell! Yeah. Time makes fools of us all. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to let you know. <laughs> no, it's probably for the best you didn't. I had a fucking crisis. Um, so, yeah, I've been playing the new Pokemon game. And, uh, yeah, despite some technical hiccups, it's pretty good. Um, I'm nowhere near done with it yet. So I'll probably, probably have to talk about it again. Um, and hopefully they'll patch some of it soon because there's some... Look, as I said, those technical hiccups. I mean, Nintendo don't tend to patch their games that much. No, there's like when they have issues with stuff, they do. They don't mm. do badly. Like, um, my biggest problem is that like Pokemon has always been like it's been something that I've enjoyed, but it's always been like the Pokemon games always been like um more childish versions of the Shimagami Tensei games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what they're like. They are. No, they they genuinely are. It's a simpler catching mechanic. It's a simpler battling system. You've got loads of hidden hidden depths to that battling system. But when it comes down to it, like you've got types, and you've got all the other shit that that's just like rock paper scissors essentially. It's penis monsters. Yeah. Um, Wiglet. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 that. Yeah. Um, but like and but like Shin Megami Tensei Five was fucking phenomenal. It was a fully three D explorable environment. Ran well. You. You did all the, the catching of the demons and merging them together to make new demons and all the other shit that you get to do. Um, but Pokemon, Pokemon, simpler system. And after seeing Shimagami Tensei 5, I was like, 
you know, I've been waiting years for that to come out. It was one of the first games on the Switch that was like announced, and they were like, "This is coming out." Everybody get excited. I bought a Switch for it. It didn't come out for another four years. They released Tokyo Mirage Sessions on the Switch, didn't they? Yeah. No one played it again. I did. <laughs> did you? I bought it. No one played Tokyo Mirage Sessions. No, I did. I own it. Don't believe you. It's. Don't believe, I'm not even sure it exists. It, no, it's really good. It's really good. It's got the Fire Emblem stuff in, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, why? It runs a lot better than it did on the Wii U. Oh. Yeah. You'd hope so. Because the Wii U had that really fucking terrible thing when you were... Because on Tokyo Mirage Sessions, when you're in the hub world... Hmm. It has silhouettes instead of people, but it's like loads of them wandering around because it's that that uh, district. What's it called? The central district where they've got the crossing. Well, Shinjuku. Yeah, Shinjuku. Well, Tokyo's got a big old cross. Yeah. Shinjuku. Is but anyway, a, yeah. but like where where that happens, instead of it being like three D models, you've got these silhouettes of people that are mm. like moving. Mm. They're like all different colours and stuff, and there's just hundreds of them all on screen at once. And as you like pan the camera around and stuff, it would judder and just wouldn't load stuff properly. But in the in the new release, it works really well. It's a really good game. If you haven't played it, do you want to borrow it? When am I going to have time to play oh, that? You're fucking... You're every I haven't finished Disguise 6 every, or Triangle Strategy. Every, that was Triangle Strategy. I've not played it for ages. I need oh, to sit and play it. You this need three hours to play a level. I don't buy you presents. Huh? <laughs> but yeah, no, so Tokyo... Uh, to- Tokyo. So, Pokemon, the story is you're a kid going to school. The school is like barely 20 minutes of the actual fucking plot. You pick your Pokemon, you go to school, the school takes you through this thing where it's like, go to these lessons, and they teach you the basics of Pokemon catching, and then it goes, now you've got to go on a big treasure hunt and go and find all these things, and there's Titan Pokemon, and there's there's um, there's all these gyms, but basically the, the new thing about this one, it's fully 3D, it's in a 3D environment where you wander around, you can pan the camera around, Pokemon are wandering around in the, in the wilderness, you can, you, you know, you don't have the same mechanics as you did in Arceus, which is a bit disappointing. Because in that you could like catch Pokemon without actually battling them, you could just throw a Pokeball, and then you. They could had invented them. battles back then. No, you could still battle them. You just mm. throw your Pokemon out. Like basically, my problem with this is that Arceus did such a good job of this three D open world style in these massive environments that you got to visit, um, and it had the Pokemon roaming around. It had different mechanics like you could run into trees, like slam into trees, and then Pokemon would drop down or 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 like. Um, what they call berries would drop down and stuff like that. Like, it's all in there, and they had, like, little, like, different types of Pokemon would be in different areas, and you'd have mm. to, like, keep an eye out for these, like, enraged, like, big raid-style Pokemon. Um, but there's none of that in this, and the catching mechanics seem to have taken a step backwards. Mm. Like, you can see the Pokemon. They're dotted around everywhere, but the tiniest Pokemon are represented as tiny little things. So you could be running, and you'd be like, oh, I just want to fucking basically get to the Poke Center. And I don't want to fly there. Instead, I just want to walk there because it's kind of nice to walk around in the environments and stuff. Mm. And like this tiny little Pokemon that's down on the floor, you won't see it because it pans the camera out quite a bit so you can see the environments and stuff. And you're not into it and you suddenly be in a battle. And you just go, ah, oh, okay. And there's no like quick way to get out of it because it has to load into the battle. Like, you're no longer. But it's just like anything. Anything that would reduce down or streamline this, they just haven't done. And that's kind of the problem. After Arceus, where it was really streamlined... I, I just don't think Game Freak are particularly good developers well, Game Freak made in Arceus. general. No, that was that was another studio. They supervised it, don't they? It's, Game Freak could get the credit on it, but it wasn't... I thought that... No, it was the Diamond and Pearl remake that were outsourced. Game Freak made Arceus. I'm sure Arceus is another group. I don't no, know. Arceus was Because they started Scarlet and Violet before Arceus development started. Um, 
Yeah, because the the environments in Sword and Shield were like a prototype for it, for the. Yeah, you get yeah. that. You you can see that because they've got like crystal Sword and Shield monolith things that you see. Yeah, it didn't run well in Sword and Shield. No, it didn't. Like, but what was the online stuff that seemed to fuck it up on that? Uh, yeah, no. Game Freak developed Arceus. Your mum developed Arceus. Is it? Is it, are they credited developers though? I don't believe it. Developed by Game Freak and published by Nintendo. Hmm. Hmm. Um. <clears throat> hmm. Anyway, you're supposed to be talking about... But anyway, yeah, so Scarlet is... Here's the thing. Scarlet is a step backwards from Pokemon Arceus and it is more of a sequel to Sword and Shield. That's the biggest thing. That's that's the thing that I'd say is holding it back the most. Is that instead of them taking those ideas that Arceus developed and, like, testing them in Arceus and then expanding on them here, they've just gone, no, this is Sword and Shield. This is a sequel to Sword and Shield. This is what it is. Um... And that, like, that's fine, but it's meant to be set in, like, France or somewhere? Spain. 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 But someone, Spanish-themed. It's meant to be Spanish-themed, but at one point someone says, would you like a cuppa? Yeah, that happens in Spain. There's a very traditional Spanish All right. slang. All right. Um, it's absolutely fine. I saw there's some big ladies in it, like tall ladies. Yeah. Tall muscle ladies. There's... That's good. What I would say is that it is... Um, it is. There are some technical issues. Like loading is weird sometimes. What? I haven't heard this. <laughs> it's loading is loading takes a long time. You've got a lot of glitching for environments. You've got like, I haven't had any of the stuff where I fall through the floor. I've had a lot of like really weird frame rate drops, where like the Pokeball will go, it'll go around the uh, the Pokemon, and then it will like go like, boop boop. It'll go like. Look, it will skip stages of the catch mechanic, and it will only have one frame. <laughs> It'll be like, burp, burp. The thing is, there's burp. people keep saying, oh, it's because the Switch is like outdated no, tech and stuff like that. that. Then you just make the game to work on outdated yeah. tech. Like, here's, here's a simple <laughs> Good trick. Good art direction will cover you a lot. Yeah, here's a simple trick to how to stop it being so fucked when you're doing the loading thing. When you go into a battle, remove all the Pokemon outside of the battle that you're having. Because it still has them hopping around in the environment. These 3D models, which are unnecessary. And the game, because they are a layer upon, like, whatever you're doing, you could always go, as soon as you're in a battle, remove those NPC Pokemon, just have it you and that other one, battle. And then when you come back, zoom out, you're back to that normal view, the other Pokemon can come back. Like, shit like that. Easy fixes. Like, make it so you can catch Pokemon without battling. Make it so the sneak mechanic comes back in. Because that's, that's fucking fun. That was the biggest thing about Arceus. If I went into an environment and I just wanted to, like, quickly fill out parts of the Pokedex, you just, like, fucking, you get down, you do a little bit of stealth, you throw some bait, they go for the bait, and you're just like, boom, 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 caught you all, fuckers, get in there. And then if you don't catch them, some of them run off, and some of them, because you've tried to catch them, will be aggressive towards you, and then they'll battle you. Like, having that as a secondary mechanic... Good, is I hope a, they kick your ass. They do sometimes. But having stuff like that is really cool. And like the idea that like when you sneak up on them, if you hit them when they're unexpected with a Pokeball, it's more powerful than it is if you like if they see you and then you go boop like that. Really clever little mechanics like that could have been in this. Like Game Freak were developing that shit for Arceus. Why couldn't it be in here? Because that's what you need in a game like this. You need that big environment. You need to just be stealthing around. Just go, and then a Pokemon comes up behind you and they're like aggressive and they try and attack you. 
Then you're like, oh, that's a nice little shock. Oh, I've got to fight this guy now because I was just trying to catch that guy. It's a bit frustrating, but that's cool because I'll come back to catch but him. But you're not going to fight him. I'll punch him in the fucking face. you make one of your pets fight him. I'll punch him in the fucking face. Dog fights. You saying I won't punch a fucking Pokemon in the face? I'll punch you in the face, you fucking Pokemon. Um, it's, it's genuinely just little little changes, little fixes. Introducing more of that Arceus mechanic shit would make this a better game. But they just didn't. So it's just like pretty standard Pokemon game, just with a big environment. And it's fun. It's fine. It just, it's, it's sort of, it's a shame it's not more of the new stuff. And that's uh, you, you can know, ride a Pokemon like a bike. You could do that in Arceus. Provide you can ride four different Pokemon in Arceus. You like being ridden. You can like fly. What? You, you can, can fly, fly around. Yeah. You can fly around in um the diamond. Not, is it diamond and pearl? Yeah. Did they put? You, they made it so you could fly freely around in that. Couldn't? Didn't that? I, I, I didn't play those ones. I uh, I, I played the like, original pearl. I got like six gyms in and then it got to a point where you had to use this thing to defog an environment. I was like, oh, I fuck that. this game. Yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah. that. I was like, fuck this It's a ghost game. area, isn't it? Pardon? Isn't it a ghost area? I don't know. Yeah, I remember okay. that. I did. I got to that point and I was like, fuck this noise. <laughs> I don't know why. It really irritated me. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I, I completed Arceus. Like, I completed Arceus. Like, I started playing Arceus and then I took a break from it because I think I was playing Resident Evil 7 at the time, or uh, 8 at the time. And you were trying to catch the zombies. I was trying to catch them all. Um, and then I took a break from, from Arceus to play Resident Evil 8 like three or four times. And I went back to Arceus. And Arceus, I was just like, I'm addicted to this now. You kept coming down and seeing me play it whilst I was on the sofa. I was just like, literally just like, catching more Pokemon. And like, you'd catch the same Pokemon 50 times to fill out that section of the Pokedex. And it wouldn't get boring. Because it like had mechanics in there like that you got like bonuses if you caught enough of them. And then like your Pokemon would be more powerful. And there were like shinies and shit in that game. And like all the other stuff. And there's, like, shinies in this game, but there's also, like, glowing Pokemon that are just possessed by this new energy, and, like, it's just, like, tons of shit on top of more shit, and it's, like, just the simplicity of Arceus in this environment would be great. Get rid of the fucking, they've got, like, Tetra, Tetra boosts, where, like, your Pokemon becomes a more powerful version of the moveset it's already got, specific to the element, I was like, why? I don't care. I'll do Tackle 25 times instead of 20, I don't give a shit. Yeah, just fucking irritating, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. You haven't finished it yet? No, 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 no. Like I'm like 10 hours in. Maybe it starts playing, performing better when you get to the end of the game. I've heard, you told me it performs better if you if you play it docked. Yeah. So handheld. Yeah. I'm sorry, but Switch. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make the choice to sit on the toilet and play Pokemon on my Switch. Your Switch is docked right now. Docked in your and I heard you the other day. You you were saying on the phone to someone you love docking. You were saying, yeah, no, we can do some of that. Docking, the band. Oh. Or Dukan, the son of Wolverine. <laughs> your review. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, Pokemon, Pokemon, um, not Arceus, Pokemon Scarlet. Um, it's fine. It's fine. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it another Matthew Modine. You know, just as five there. It's, you know, it's down the middle. I think that if you're a long-term Pokemon fan, it's not doing anything new, so it's probably one of those entries that you can skip. Almost like, you know, Sun and Moon had, like, Ultra Sun and Moon shortly after, and Ultra Sun and Moon, like, just improved things a lot, made things a lot better. Um, it, you probably should have done Ultra Sword and Shield. Probably. Um, although, oh, Sword and Shield had a lot of content to them. I don't think you really need to do much. They did the DLC thing, didn't they? I didn't yeah. play any of that. 
No, I didn't play any of that either. No, because but that was like, all open environment, wasn't it? Yeah, the post game shit in that in that was good. Mm. Like you got to the point where yeah, I did all that. It didn't take long to get through. No, no, but like it was it was nice that like you had the sword and shield moment where the big monster came through and you fought it using the sword and shield Pokemon. Yeah, and then you didn't catch them, and I was like, oh, I, I thought I'd get the chance to catch them, and then you go through the little mystery in the woods, and then you actually got the chance to catch them and stuff. Yeah, I call that. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. They should do one where you just kill the Pokemon. Yeah. That's what Arceus should have been. Yeah, with a gun. Eating the Pokemon. With a gun. Not with a gun, spears. You find a Pikachu and you have to just stab him to death. Get a fucking spear in the face. Pikachu shocks the kid and you know once he's done that, there's no going back. He's tasted blood. <laughs> God, freaking... He's a man killer now. You'll deal with him. Your review, Aaron. He's like, Pikachu! It's your last review, Aaron. Your last review. Uh, I watched Weird, the Al Yankovic story. I thought you were going to do Black Panther. Why would I do Black Panther? Can you do Black Panther? Why do I have to do Black Panther? Oh, for fuck's sake. Can we do a joint review for Black Panther after this? No, I'll do Black Panther then. Fuck no, 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 no. Wakanda forever. I've got to do... I, I've been trying to play through... Glo- after I've- I heard Tommy died, I was like... Green... Kanda <laughs> Green Ranger. Forever. <laughs> Tom, no, no, Tom Kanda forever. No, no, do Weird Al. And then at the end we'll do... A joint thing for Black Panther. No, you just do Black Panther. No, because I've got to do God of War Ragnarok. That I actually... Well, how have I got to do Weird Al? But no, but we need to do Black Panther because it's in the fucking zeitgeist, so we need to do it. What, and Weird Al isn't? No, but we can do Weird Al. Because we missed missed a week anyway. Just do it. Why didn't you do friggin' God of War Ragnarok earlier? What, instead of of Power Rangers the movie? Yeah. Instead of Power Rangers the movie? One of the greatest cinematic... (laughs) Look, we had to do something. Go on, on, just get on with whatever you want to review. Do Weird Al. Weird... Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Probably the best film of this year. Is a biopic <laughs> about probably the greatest recording artist of all time who's ever written words to other people's music. Yeah. Weird Al Yankovic. Boy, you ain't getting no help. You ain't getting no Gordian. So, anyway, it's a film starring Daniel Radcliffe. He of. Um, What's what's a film of his where he could it'd be funny to say that he's a star of Horns. What horns? Yeah, no, based on the joke. Uh, I'm gonna go with what's the one where he's a dead body? Oh uh, um The Daniels film. Yeah, the uh um That one. Oh uh, something <laughs> man. Uh you know for fucking the pen knife. Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah, 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 yeah. Swiss Army Man. There you go. Yeah. Um but uh, Daniel Radcliffe, star of Swiss Army Man. And Horns. Yeah, Horns, yeah, sure. And, Freaking guns of Kimbo. And good, uh, good omens. Good omens. No, not good omens. Not what good was omens. the one where he's, where he's like an angel? I don't know. Something. I watched all three seasons of it. It's actually really it's like, good. Or a TV show. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so they made a Weird Al biopic, and it's it's a Weird Al film. Has you ever watched UHF? You know his brand of wacky humour. It doesn't go for that sort of wacky humour, although it does, but it's not as non-stop and surrealist as UHF. This one is... It's telling a coherent story, a really good story. Miracle workers. Miracle workers, yeah. Um, I think primarily what this film's doing is it's trying to be like... You know how, like, years ago we had Walt Carr, the Ricky Bobby story? Yeah. That, like, five people watched? Yeah. But it's, like, probably the greatest bio musical biopic Second ever made. Second now. Yeah. Weird, 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 the Al Yankovic story is very similar to that in that it's, like, a fictionalised series of events. And it... Take stabs at the same biopic tropes that the Ricky Bobby story does. 
like hits all of those tropes. It even has the flashback starting sequence and like although this one you don't realise it's not long before he goes on stage. Because normally it's the you know the flashback is always oh, about to go on stage and oh, he's, he's thinking about, about his final performance. He's gonna have a big performance. Yeah. He's gonna play Wembley and he's gonna think about something that happened in his yeah. past. This one's different to that, but it's it's still a flashback setup. Um which I didn't get until when we got around to I was like, what was that set up for with him on the table, on the operating table? And when it got round to that part again and you'd had the information where Madonna's trying to get him to come up with a song and it gets to that operating set and suddenly a penny dropped and I'm like, Oh, like yeah. a surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> like um but yeah, the film's fantastic. Just brilliant. And it's nice to watch a comedy film that has actual structured jokes yeah. in it. Like proper proper built up structured jokes. Um, ridiculous amount of like cameo appearances the, that the don't distract. They're not like the stars on show here. It's not one of these ones where it's like here's Jack Black dangling in front of you. It's just Jack Black turns up in a role and he's playing. I'm Roger guy. Deacon. I play bass for Queen. <laughs> 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 played by the guy who just did play Polka Dot Man. No yeah, 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 yeah. Um, can't remember his name. No, no, because it's like it's a Russian name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's probably hiding fighting in Russia. Now. Yeah. Uh, um, but no, um, I thought it was weird they had all those people at the show. I think you know the people, the guests at the party. Yeah, they yeah. all play like Conan O'Brien's one of them. Yeah, um, plays Andy Warhol. Yeah, I, I feel like they should have got actual. Should have got Elvira to play Elvira at the party. Yeah, because she still pulls off that look, she even though she's like seventy odd years old, yeah. isn't she? Um, what's her friggin' name? I always forget her name. Cassandra something. Yeah, Cassandra Peterson. There you go. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, the film's fantastic. The way freaking Daniel Radcliffe plays it perfectly straight the whole way through, because um, he's he he's playing it as Oscar-winning actor thing, but there's that little bit of knowing jokiness to it. He he's developed into a really fucking good actor. Yeah, he's a good actor. He's been a good actor for years. I know, <laughs> I know. He's just like I know. I mentioned Horns mm. as like a joke. I really like that film. Mm. I like the book a lot more, but I like the film. And his American accent in that is bad. But in this, it's just like, he just sounds like an American dude. Does well. Doesn't sound like Weird Al. No, he doesn't, no. <laughs> but that's because Weird Al has a lisp. Mm. But it's like a weird lisp. It's like a speech impediment that affects most of his words. Yeah. And it just, it'd be impossible to copy. But um, no, it's, it's brilliant. The way it mocks, because the Queen biopic was full of this stuff where it's yeah. like, I've got an idea for a song. And they have inspiration. And then the song happens. We want a song that everyone can play along with. And then they cut with friggin', <coughs> you know, friggin'. It's, it's the fact that we will rock you. They 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 mock the biopic for Queen immediately after having someone pretend that they're from Queen. Oh, they they do like friggin' earlier in the film. That I think, I, to be honest, I think every time he comes with a song, it's yeah, directly it's taking the piss out of the biopic, yeah. the Queen yeah. biopic, which isn't good. It's not no, a good it's biopic. A fucking bad film. Um. Not just because the editing, the film in general is bad. Yeah. Um, the bit where he come, <laughs> he's trying to say, I just want to put my sort of my makeup lyrics to other people's songs. Anyway, anyone want a sandwich? And he, goes, <laughs> and he starts playing My Sharona. And he's sitting. It's, it's not the fact that he starts playing My Sharona. I don't know if you noticed this, but the just the the verse, the chorus to My Sharona was playing for about four minutes before. No, it starts repeating. Yeah. That's and then he is. starts hitting the radio, yeah. saying, Oh, it's stuck. Yeah. Repeat for like four minutes, my and he goes, he goes, hey, yeah, can you use my Bologna? And he's looking at it. Oh, he says a whole bunch of the lyrics <laughs> are worked into the dialogue. It's so fucking funny. Um, 
But the freaking that's brilliant. The, the bit that freaking cracked me up. They record that as well. They go like they go. <laughs> they did actually record that in a um, really? toilet in real life. They the demo <laughs> tape was actually recorded in a public toilet. <laughs> that's fucking. Yeah, the story of the salesman coming to the door with the accordion is true as well. Really? Yeah. Although his dad didn't beat him. No, no. <laughs> We'd like to buy that accordion. <laughs> the details in this, like when he goes back home towards the end and his mum's put on weight. <laughs> you may have noticed your mum's put on weight. Yeah. It's just like, fat. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm fat. You know it. <laughs> and he just sort of sits there silent and goes, what? <laughs> just... It was freaking um, amazing. <laughs> just because you're like, because by that point... You've established the pattern for making up new songs, yeah. <laughs> and that's not the song he comes no. to. He goes to Amish oh, Paradise, which is like twelve nobody. years ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, his dad, mum, dad like cheering on. Goes, we should have got the copyright. <laughs> There's that one shot of Coolio just looking yeah. at him, really angry. Um, there is, there is one joke that I've repeated to just everyone that I get the chance to, and that's the beer joke. It's like, I'm writing an original song. <laughs> None of the lyrics are going to be taken from anyone else. I'm going to write the music, and I'm going to write my own words. <laughs> he releases Eat It. He, like, throws it into the, throws it the guy he plays in the thing. And then, and it's like, play, Michael play Jackson. That. Michael Jackson's creating a parody of one of your songs. It's called Beat It. It's a parody of Eat It. He's, what is he talking about? Like, beating eggs? He's, like, <laughs> he's talking about beating people up. Well, I guess it could never be bad to be associated with Michael Jackson. He gets really angry about the idea of someone ripping off his music. Yeah. Um, I do like Madonna's villainous turn where she's like, I could write the song. Evan Rachel Wood? Yeah, Evan Rachel Wood as quite possibly the hottest femme fatale in a film this year when she comes back as Madonna with the eye patch. Um, <laughs> Beats up all the guys yeah. in the cafe and oh, yeah. gets the bell on the way out. I told you that's like one of the best action scenes of this year. Yeah. He puts the guy's face in a panini press order up and then walks out he's like I never killed a person before today. you killed so many people he says yeah I hardly killed anyone before this week <laughs> is Fidel Castro was it yeah Fidel Castro yeah. it's like oh guys is that vanilla did you get me a vanilla cake for Fidel me? Castro just made the biggest mistake of his life <laughs> the film's fantastic it's so good. fucking good it's up there it's up it's up there with freaking films that, I mean still RR's going to be my film of the year I don't think, I don't think anything's coming out in the next couple of weeks I mean I haven't seen Black Adam oh. yet <laughs> oh I forgot I saw Black Adam yeah it's not good don't watch it no I can't be asked. No. I've got I, as soon as it's out I'll buy it and you can watch it um yeah, no, no. weird the Yankovic story, friggin' great. Um, oh my, I was fucking pirate it because it's a nightmare to watch anything on Roku. You have yeah. to buy a Roku stream can, thing, I, I think or have actually, a very it, specific TV. There's no streaming com- app. Why is there not a streaming? It's app? coming to iTunes. Is it? Yeah, iTunes and Amazon and stuff like that. You'll be able to buy it on there soon. And it's, it's only Hellraiser's on Amazon now. Is it? Yeah, Amazon. You have to rent it, but it's on Amazon Prime to rent. Um, apparently, it's supposed to be coming to Paramount Plus over oh. here. Because it was like Paramount Studio was part of the production. It was like a thing between... But it was HBO Dis- Max and... Hulu. Hulu. So everyone thought it was going to come to Disney Plus. Yeah. Mess. But people should watch Hellraiser. It's a really one. good film. Um, I watched Hellraiser 3 the other day. That's, that's I still like that. Yeah, it's a good film. I, I had that on VHS. The only one I had Very when short. I was growing up. Very quick. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Stars Terry Farrell. who was Jadzia Dax in Star Trek. Deep Space Nine. It all comes together. Full circle. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. With the... the one of the things that also got to me is like I that ending is great. I was just like, 
laughing away at the end. And then to finish it off, the fucking credits. The the fucking the fact that they've just taken like historical pictures, some of them real, and then just photoshopped the shit out of them with Weird Al. Hmm. And I was just like, that's perfect. This is fantastic. And that's the carry ending as well. Yeah. A- oh, yeah, it comes out the grave. Yeah. Um, yeah, good, good film. Way, way better than a film that just released to die on Roku ever deserved. Like, that yeah. should have been a cinema release. Yeah, but Weird Al probably thinks it's funny that it's on Roku, mm. knowing him. I mean, he's telling everyone to pirate it, so... Really? Yeah. Because someone said, how can we watch it in Australia? And he was like, um, what was he say? There's a VPN, very probably no chance you'd be able to watch it right now. But I'm sure there's a torrent of other questions you'd like to ask me about it. Because <laughs> he's always done that. Like, he had that um, song years ago, so don't download this song. And then he advertised it by putting links to, like, LimeWire and stuff for it. <laughs> he was, um, he's so fucking funny in the um, in the Auntie Donna show. Because he plays uh, he plays Dracula, doesn't he, in that episode? And then the girl who's in uh, the girl who's in that spirited film that I spoke about earlier, mm. she plays the son, and she's just running around screaming and beating the shit out of people with that ball of stone. What's it? What show was it where he was the the music guy on it for a while? Was it the Tim? He replaced someone as the music guy. On the chat show, like you know, there's a chat show format thing, yeah. not the Eric Andre show, something similar to that that came around before it. And he, not the Zach Galifianakis show, no, I'm sure it's that Tim guy got, um, Tim Heidecker, not Tim, the one who had the show on Netflix. When we, oh, he's the old man, <laughs> when he's the old man, <laughs> yeah, in one episode, I don't want to be, I, I think you should leave, <laughs> yeah, now, yeah. yeah. Yeah, didn't he have a didn't, didn't he have a fake chat show thing? What was it anyway? You review. I don't know. Right, my review, my my my, I guess my prequel to our Black Panther talk. No, Black um, Panther. You're reviewing that. That's the end of it. Um, I it, I played God of War Ragnarok. Um, before I played this, I played through the entirety of God of War on my Steam Deck just because I wanted to. I wanted to go through that again, and I couldn't find my PS4 copy, so I bought it again on Steam for twenty quid. And, uh, yeah, holy shit, God of War, great game. God of War Ragnarok, interestingly enough, diminishing returns. Mm. It's still good. Like, don't get me wrong, God of War Ragnarok is still good. Um, it's a lot of Norse monson- nonsense that, that wasn't really hinted at in the last game. Um, like, Odin and Thor are in this one. Like, in the last they game... They mentioned Odin and Thor a bunch in the previous no, game. No, no, I know, but, like, you don't ever, like, experience that side of things. Like, Balder and Midi... Mm. Or Miggy, whatever his name was. Well, there's there's a running thread through the previous game that the the major gods don't care about what happens down. Yeah, yeah, that's basically yeah. it. Like, like you you get the idea that like they're up in Asgard just doing their shit, mm. and at the end, Thor comes back to come and get some revenge for his kids that he killed. And then in this one, um, that's that's like the intro. That's like where they introduce Odin and Thor. And like you talk to them, and you and they, like at some points you actually play the game as Atreus with with Thor, and like Odin is like a big part of the plot. Basically, they've taken the first one's like kind of cool, grounded version of Norse mythology, where it's like yeah. these immortal beings do exist on the world, and there's like this mysticism to it all, and it's really interesting. But it's just slight hints of it here and there, and like and then other times it's way more prominent. And then in this one. Instead of it being like a simple story where you've got the end game, like because the first game you're just scattering your wife's ashes, 
It's pretty fucking insane. That's that's the entire thing. That's the journey you're on. Like the fact that there are gods trying to beat you up and like kill you and stuff. That's just they're getting in the way of you doing this one simple thing. You just want to scatter the ashes of your of your um, of your dead wife. And there are hints that other stuff is happening. And then when you when you start this game, you know Atreus knows that he's the son of a god. He's found out that his mum was actually a giant. So she was she was part of like the Norse mythology version of giants. Spoilers: They're not always big, for anyone who hasn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, likes big so the reason the reason that Balder visits you in the first game, and the reason that he's after you, you think it's for the chains of Olympus, but it's actually because um, Atreus or Loki, as he's as he's found out to be in that first game, he's a son of a giant, but a son of a god. Yeah. So basically, he is he's. The giants were eradicated by four, at least he believes he drove them out or killed them all, that he just on Asgard, and, like, he hates them. So, Balder was looking for the last of the giants on the earth to, to tell his dad, so his dad could come down and kill him. Basically. Well, his, his uncle, I guess. Um, his Balder's his uncle. His son. Not his son, his nephew. Um, but yeah, so basically in this one we've got Odin. <coughs> Everyone has an American accent now. Sweet. No one's Scottish anymore. Yeah. Or anything like they're all just American. So like Odin's played by Richard Shift. Shift, sorry, really nice little bit of casting. You'll know him from the West Wing. He's in a couple of episodes, Star Trek and stuff like that. He's a character actor. He's in. Oh, that he's not. Um, Richard, who's the guy from Cheese? The guy who used to do the songs. No, Get no. down with the sickness. No, you remember the show that Michael J. Fox was in, which was like a comedy thing no. where he was working for a little political office. Richard Kind. No, it's not Richard Kind. <laughs> oh, I want him to play Odin. <laughs> <laughs> Campus Odin ever. Amazing. Um, so, so basically the plot of this is that I Odin... want you to kill that fucking kid. <laughs> Just get out there, crush his head, crush it like a bug. That's how it mean. What was this? It's like... <laughs> Great in like, Scrubs. Um, he was really good in Scrubs. as a hypochondriac. Yeah, yeah. Um, in this... So basically Odin in this is trying to stop Ragnarok. And the prophecy is that Ragnarok will be the end of Asgard, but it's also affecting the other realms. So you are trying to find a way to end Ragnarok, and it the the story splits off so that so that instead of you playing as a, uh, Atreus and um, Atreus and and Kratos all the time, hmm. you play with different different teaming. So it's um, Kratos and and um, not Hera. What's her name? Freya. Yeah, and then it's Atreus and and four, or it's just Atreus on his own, or it's just Kratos on their own. Like they have different story beats and stuff that you play through. Um, the parts where you play as Atreus, fucking arduous, not great, not fun, not as fun as the parts where you play as Kratos. He's only a tiny little boy. Well, he's tiny enough, but he's like he's a teenager now, and he's got his godly strength. So it's explained in the Does his voice keep breaking yeah. when he shouts. No, they've actually they actually had to tune it. They had to auto tune. Did you not hear about this? No. He aged between the the two games, so they had to like keep his voice low because his voice started breaking as they were recording lines for this. Oh no! Yeah. Um, but basically, like uh, with the gods, they just have to as long as they they're, they're self actualizing. So as long as they know they're gods, they know they have this like almost almost unlimited well of strength. So Atreus actually asks at one point in the game as you're riding on a boat. He says, why don't I have muscles like you to Kratos? And Kratos says, you've got the strength. Strength isn't where this comes from. This comes from discipline. There's a difference between having strength and discipline. My body looks like this because I, you know, I train. I'm disciplined. 
that you have similar levels of strength to me because you are a god. Godly strength is available to every god. It's just to look this way, you have to train yourself. And like, obviously, also because you're a tiny little noodly boy, bitch. Um, But anyway, so like, it's fine. It's here's the thing. It is a lot more of the same. It's a lot more of that God of War from before. But because there's a lot more mythology sort of weaved in there, and because there's a lot more going on, there's a lot more cutscenes, there's a lot more talking, there's a lot less action. You still get a lot of fights, but it's less varied. There's less new enemies. It's a lot of the same enemies from that first game. Um, and, and like, that, that's probably the, that's probably the reason why it's, this is, it's so hard to fucking quantify these things because it is a sequel. So you're expecting more of this. You want more of this or you wouldn't be fucking playing it. And like, as I said, playing on the Steam Deck, the first one, it doesn't look as it, and as nice as it would look if I was playing the, the game on the PS4, or PS4, but it was still, that's such a good experience, that game. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be on like the fucking biggest screen. Like playing that game in whatever format is a fucking treat. And then playing this, sometimes I'm just like, oh, I'm going to turn this off. I'm not like, I'm not really drawn to the next story beat. I'm not, I'm not like clamoring for some more of that combat. I'm like, it feels like I'm going to get a half hour cutscene. I'm going to turn this off. I'll, I'll try again tomorrow. I'll play the rest tomorrow. I'll play a couple more hours tomorrow. I'll, and it's gone from I, the first day I got it. I played it for three hours. I was like in there. And then the next day, I played it for an hour and I had like a really long cutscene, like a bit where it was just like you're walking around a village, like trying to find this, trying to find, and you're like fighting these same lizard enemies you've been fighting for the first three hours. And I was like, okay, all right. And then like, I was just like, I'm going to turn this off because I'm not concentrating on this as much as I should. And like, it was just, it was literally just me coming back to it an hour or two here and there when I could. And it was less like I was really getting into it and more like I was just like, I've paid 60 quid for a game. I need is there any really... sex mini games? No, there's no sex oh, mini games. They haven't, had those. they haven't had those for years. Um, that was the best part of those games. And it's so like, edgy. And it's hard to... Maybe it is I'm exhausted. Maybe it's because I played this, the other one on the Steam Deck and I just... I played that a lot. Mm. And, like, I, coming back to this, like... Maybe if I had more space between them, it wouldn't That's be so... Fault. It could be fatigue from this sort of format. Because button pressing is very tight. I don't feel like that's it. I don't feel like... And it's not... I don't mean like actual tiredness. I mean like fatigue from this format. You are very weak. Yeah, that's true. No, it's just like it's being tired of this format more than anything. I feel like I'm not playing a new game. I feel like I'm playing DLC to that first game. And like they're throwing new ideas, but they can't expand on the mechanics and other stuff. So it's like those new ideas are just sort of like... You know, like, when you get, like, an Arkham game, and they were like, oh, look, they've got this new thing. It's, like, the same as an old thing, but it's a slightly tweaked version. Almost like Majora's Mask to Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time was, like, the the big spectacle game they spent years developing. Majora's Mask came out a year later, and they just, like, basically, like, that engine, we could just force it to do this! We could bend it like that! And it's it's a very like, different game, Majora's Mask. I know, but it was made a year, in, uh, it was only made in, like, a year. And it was like the same engine as Ocarina of Time. It was very different. Yeah, I know, but they literally had to like bend and break the engine to make it do the stuff they wanted to for Majora's Mask. And they they didn't develop new engine to do like a new no. engine to do all that stuff. It was just like you don't. You do. You don't make a new engine on to do the all same. the shit that you do in Majora's Mask. They they like you should have. They should have done some work to develop that in a different way rather than just force the engine to do that stuff. Because that game breaks a lot. Like nah. it crashes a lot. No, nah, it was bad at Majora's Mask. All right. Uh, but yeah, so God That's of War the Ragnarok. Moon. The moon's meant to crash. <laughs> God of War Ragnarok. Um, I, I can't come up with a fucking uh, a name of an actor to actually say this. So I'm just going to say it's like an 8 out of 10. 
Like a load of load of places given like a ten out of ten, but it's 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 like it's not as good as the 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 other one, like the first God of War, well God of War four I guess, or just God of War twenty eighteen or whatever it was. It's not God of War four. It's God of War eight. God of War eight. Yeah, whatever it was. There's Chains of Olympus. Yeah, and then there was Ascension. No, there's two on the PSP. Chains of Olympus and what was the other one on the PSP? Um, God of War Christmas. Yeah, I don't fucking care. Anyway, um, yeah, it's it's My good. Wet hot American God of War. <laughs> it's still a really good game. It is still a really good game. It's just you know, like there's new there's new stuff in there. There's like new stuff to do, but it just it just doesn't. It's not grabbing me as much. I don't know why. Just it's not demanding my time the same way as the first one did. Like, the first one, I wanted to see what was around the around the corner. I wanted to see what was coming up next. In this, I'm like, oh, what am I going to see from that first game again? And maybe that's on me. Like I said, maybe it's on me. Maybe I shouldn't have played that first game. It's before. all set in the same area, isn't it? Some of it is, but the areas changed where it's like sort of falling apart and stuff. Oh. And like you know where you fought the dark elves. Yeah. There's now a bunch of light elves there that you have to kill because it turns oh, that's out. That's good. I'd much rather the light elves in the balance, neighborhood than the dark elves. I feel less guilty. Uh, it's basically where you where you help the light elves escape in the first one. It turns out that they just go through cycles of centuries of war where one is on one is like beating the other and then just flips. And it's just like war never changes. The thing is, when those dark elves moved in, the whole neighborhood fell to pieces. Look, right, they come here with their loud hip hop music. <laughs> um Yeah, just just it's still good. And it's fucking lovely to have a PS5 game. And just, you know, it's a PS5 and PS4 game. So if you have a PS4, don't rush to get a PS5 just to play this, because it's not it's just apparently it runs really well on PS4. Yeah. It doesn't look that much different from what I was seeing. It's 60 FPS and 4K native. Mm. But even so, like the 4K native, there's like weird, weird light stuff that happens every so often. You're, you've got weird light stuff. Yeah. That anyway, so yeah, so God of War Ragnarok, good, mm-hmm. great. In fact, just not as good as what came before. Okay, well, that's the end of the. Podcast over. Dumb. Start talking about fucking Black Panther it's two. The- Podcast is two and a quarter hours long. Start talking about Black Panther 2. Black Panther 2 came out, it's alright. They digitally removed Namor's balls. Did they? Yeah, didn't you ever see those behind the scenes pictures where he's got a massive, great, big, friggin' bulge in his pants? No. And then they, like, digitally shrunk it in the film. I noticed that when I was watching the film. Do you know what I noticed when watching this film? It's quite dour. (laughs) Yeah. It's very sad. Yeah, and it's like... Unrelentingly sad at some points. Yeah. Um, it's it's a superhero movie where I don't feel like anyone really won. I appreciate this. Sort of, I don't want to spoil too much of the film. No, no, it's no. really good. Um, but Chadwick Boseman died. Yeah, in real life. Spoilers. So they made the decision to kill off Black Panther in this. Would it maybe have been smarter to have set a film during the blip and then by the time you get to Black Panther 3, it's been like eight years and you could just recast him as John David Washington, which would have been fine or something, wouldn't it? Could have done that. Could have said it during the blip. Yeah. Yeah? Um, they didn't. Anyway, they could have said it just at the end of the blip yeah. or something. I don't know. Because I remember in um, uh, Endgame, she mentions about there's some tremors in the Atlantic they picked up on. Yeah. Yeah, there's a mention about I thought that's what it. they were setting up Yeah, and then they decided it's not at the Atlantic. Yeah. <laughs> Different ocean entirely. But anyway, um, so yeah... Black Panther dies at the very start of the film off camera. There's like a whole thing. Really, really and it's fucking... A, yeah, and he could have possibly been saved if they had the heart-shaped herb thing yeah. that Killmonger basically, destroyed in the previous one. Basically, it's hinted at that when you take the herb, 
and you take that potion that reduces that gets it out of your body before mm. you fight someone because mm. they do the challenges don't they for the thing if you don't have the herb again you get some horrible disease that degrades you basically no no they just said it was an illness no, they I don't th- they don't give any sort of hint of what it is i thought because they, were they treat it herb. like cancer they treat it as like some illness that they ah, didn't okay. have to cure and yeah. you know they never specify what it is but um yeah, the film mostly like it's weird. It's in sort of two halves. I find the first half really follows Okoye and Shuri mm-hmm. and um, Angela Bassett. He's, Angela Bassett, fucking yeah. standout in this. Bolt up her arms on that. Film. Yeah, she has. Yeah, um, she's got buff. Um, but it's the sort of first half film follows them, and then Okoye gets sort of like demoted. Spoilers, stuff happens. Yeah, and she sort of fades away from the film. Lupita Nyong'o comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever her character's called, I can't remember. Um, but Shuri's like the main character for the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and all this. But um, the main things I picked up and noticed from this is that of all the Marvel films that have happened over the years, this is the first one I feel was shot like a real film. Um, there's some shots in it that are beautiful. There's moments it takes its time. It, mm. Like there's stuff like, you know, when they're traveling down to, um, into into the, um, the Telecan or whatever it is, yeah. Atlantis. Yeah. Um, it's, is it, it's like a Takan Talacan which is like I think it's the Incan name for the underwater yeah. for Atlantis um, but when they're travelling down there I would expect in a Marvel film normally this would just be a quick oh we got down here now and we're there but this is like a good like four or five minutes of silence as just like with music playing as they're just watching the civilization travelling down they go through the the current and all that sort of stuff yeah. um, just really slow paced stuff there's lots of stuff where like especially with Shuri, where they're sitting around and having quiet moments, mm. um, and the music choices are amazing. There's like some of the music is like, like translated versions of songs that exist. They've like done like in, in a sort of Incan infused version yeah. of like a Rihanna song or something like that. I can't place it, but I know it's pop songs that have been redone. Um, I don't know those songs. Yeah. I don't know that if, if, if it's not no effects, I don't know what it is. Yeah. And they weren't going to score this with a no effect soundtrack, um, were I'm they? Sorry. Bad religion weren't available. No. Imagine if they did a 20 minute long The Decline yeah. in Incan. I would have loved that. Yeah, you would have um, been the only one. Yeah, I would have loved it. But um, yeah, the main main plot is that like someone has created a device that can pick up vibranium. Yeah. Which has never existed before because vibranium, it's mentioned in one of the other films, it resonates on a different frequency. It's in um, Age of Ultron. Yeah. Um, it's not traceable. Um and also, and also, like, because technology and the way that things develop around it, the technologies mean that it will never be detectable because they have other other things in place they create to protect it. But, um, yeah, so that's been detected and obviously it turns out there was another asteroid somewhere, comet, that hit the Earth and that's been something that the um, Namor's guys have been using. For- well, they have, they have a similar herb. Stuff plot sorry, twist. Sorry, sorry. Um, Nemo's got little wings on his feet. I liked that. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I would have thought would have just been left it out. It worked. Yeah, I liked it. It's weird how much of Namor's design just works. Yeah, I think like I think that it was the right idea not to give him a costume. Like, give him and like and they've, they've not, Namor's costume is pants. They've not really just given him the pants though. They've like sort of designed it a little bit, and then also they've given him the fucking big old. Bling. You should have just had regular speedos, yeah, like logo and everything, just yeah. regular speedos. Um, but no, someone lost these and I felt them. The only things that sort of like bother me in the film a little bit, Riri Williams, isn't it? And I kind of feel like even though she's really central to the plot, she's basically a MacGuffin. Yeah, 
Um, she's the thing that everyone's after. And I feel like there should have been more stuff in there with, because the technology to make the, to, to um, find the vibranium was something she had made. Yeah. But it was they like say a project. Custom parts and bits that Yeah, she's but scavenged. she'd done it as a project at school, which yeah. is why the, what they had, because they just made it following whatever she made. Yeah. She just made it as a project at school, and the government had surreptitiously stolen the technology once they found out about it, implying that the teacher at the school is sort of in on it a little bit. Um, but she should have been more involved in that. And she kind of just disappears into the background and she's just like the thing everyone's after for a little bit, um, which feels a little bit out of place in a film like this. I didn't... feels more like something that would happen in another Marvel film. I... In this. I think that Riri Williams would have really worked if she had gone the Iron Man free route where, like, like you say, everyone's after her and she's making, like, small things that she can use, like, one mm. shots and just to defend herself. And instead, she just gets the Iron Heart suit. Well, she makes it using she the same technology the... as the um, armor that yeah, the... thing is making that yeah. she's making. I thought that was going to be entirely what that was. Like I thought that armor that Shuri's been making for the warriors was just oh, going right. to become the Iron Heart suit, yeah. like modified. But no, she's got like a, a Metroid style suit. Yeah, it's pretty cool. She looks exactly like a Transformer called Road Rocket, and it's not even subtle. It is like exactly the same. I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, I I really like this. Um, I think it was weirdly emotionally affecting that it was so dour and like it was clearly a bit of a love letter to Chadwick Boseman's character. Yeah. Because, yeah, they lost their king. They lost their defender. And bloody France are trying to get in there and steal some vibranium. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. I, I think that... She looks like Road Rocket. Yeah, a little bit. Um, exactly the same. But yeah, like, I I would say, same as you, visually, it's stunning. There's, with these action films and with the way that they're shot, like, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of directors that make nonsensical choices to make things look flashier. But those water grenades that are just compressed water, hmm. like, just massively compressed water that explode out because there's suddenly water in the area and it's just like it's frozen water bombs. Yeah. A whole bunch of water bombs. Like, they don't have explosives inside <clears throat> of them. Yeah. They just go poof and it's just water everywhere. And the fact that they've designed that to wage war on the land is such a smart decision because they're already stronger than the, um, people. The mermaid stuff, they're, they're singing and mind controlling everyone. That's yeah. like nice and creepily done. And yeah, yeah. All that. I like that stuff. Um, oh yeah, the, that's the scene where they go down the, in the diving suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's um, Middle America's favorite hero, Everett Ross, yeah. is back. Um, oh, I like the white guy who was in that film. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't get the the plot revelation that he's what's her face's ex husband. Ex husband, but yeah. uh, fine. I um, think that I think that that's just going to be a lead in for him to be. Do people even remember her? <laughs> um, in what? In Black Black Widow. Well, she was in Black Widow and she was in the Falcon, Falcon and the Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. But do you do you remember? I don't even know what her name is. Contessa. Contessa. She ma- she's not Madame Hydra, though, is she? No. Because they did Madame Hydra on no, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. No, she's not Madame um, Hydra. And she had that cool red streak in her hair. Yeah, she's quite no, hot. This, this is Contessa. And then uh, Amelia Clark is playing the leader of S.W.O.R.D. Uh, what's her name? Um, the green-haired lady. Polaris? Maybe. No, Polaris isn't. No, it's not Polaris. It's um, It's an agent. She's just an agent, but she's oh. an agent that deals with swords, so she does the intergalactic stuff. But Amelia Clark's playing her. 
in that yeah. Secret Invasion show. No. Um, so then they're doing an Ironheart show as well. Yeah, they are. Yeah, That's why I was so confused, because if Ironheart just went the Tony Stark route, just like was trying out weapons to defend herself from the Atlanteans. Yeah. That, like, just like... Just like little like fucking weird spike grenades and like like taser shots and things like that. Just do the Tony Stark and Iron Man freestyle thing where she's literally got like weird fucking DIY weapons because she's smart. She's doing it on the fly to try and like save herself from these things mm. and then and then have like Shuri trying to get to her to stop her from being killed by the Atlanteans because and then like Shuri turns up and there's just like a bunch of like unconscious Atlanteans in a room and she's just like holding like fucking Christmas baubles filled with nails. <laughs> That'd be great. And I'd be like, I can see this person being the new Ironheart, being that that person. That's really cool. I didn't realise till halfway through the film that two of the Atlanteans were Atuma and Nemora. <laughs> oh, yeah, Nemora's in this. I forgot yeah, yeah. about that. She just, no, she doesn't do just much. They, they're sort of like, I imagine if they do any more of him, they're going to do the whole thing where she's like, you're not enough of a I think the diehard king. I think if, us, if I'm, if I'm totally honest, like... But I don't know who she is. Getting, get nothing from her. Getting Namor right was the biggest yeah, hurdle yeah, yeah. when they fucking done that. Yeah. Like, he is, he's imposing. But isn't the tumor like, was he the shark guy? Yeah. He's the guy who can transform into stuff, oh. isn't he? Yeah, he doesn't do that in this yeah. film. But, like, the, the, fact, guy. the fact that they got Namor right and they mm. didn't really, like, other than making him Hispanic, but to be fair, like, he, he was, like, sort of, like, weirdly mixed everything in the comics. Because he's just got, like, jet black hair and pointy ears. That's a fucking dude. Yeah. But in this, like, he he's imposing, he's interesting. I could see him being, like, a good anti-hero type character. And, like, the fact that they've already tied his weakness to, like, being trapped in an environment means that, like, the Fantastic Four are the perfect foils for him. And they're obviously, the like, because you just, I'm going to heat you up because I'm Johnny Storm. I'm going to trap you in a bubble because I'm... I'm bloody, I'm just fantastic. And then, like, reading the thing and go and sit in the corner and fuck themselves. But, like, they'd be like, oh, with the interest. Mr. E can walk around telling everyone what someone's, um, yeah. the exact way to beat someone is. Yeah. I hope but they no. don't hire John Krasinski as, um, as him for the seat. Who, who's it? There's Mr. Fantastic. Oh, Donald yeah, no, John they Krasinski. won't get John Krasinski. Isn't someone, that, someone else is doing pitch it. for it. I, I think it was like Peg Benley. Because, like, Ben Pedley. People ben keep Pedley. saying, oh, he's great to be Mr. Fantastic. I don't get world's smartest man vibes from him. No, nor do I. I get world's softest dad. Yeah. Like, that's what I get from him. I get world's quietest dad from The Quiet Place. Maybe they could get... um. Glenn Howerton you know was played, apparently going to be up for you know it. The guy who played Jim in The Office. Yeah. Yeah, the one who... Um, Asian Jim. Yeah, yeah, get him to play. <laughs> no, they apparently yeah. Glenn Howerton was considered for it. Glenn Howerton should have been Adam Warlock. Oh, yeah, he, Although the that. guy they've hired, like somehow, I don't know what's happened to him. He's not got a weird face now. No, he's what he's now. He's buff. He looks like a... he's not had a weird face for a little while. Yeah, yeah. What's his name? I can't remember his name. I know he um, is. I know you've seen him in a bunch of stuff. He's in loads. He's actually really good. Yeah, he is really good because he was in uh, Bandersnatch, wasn't he? <laughs> Snatch. Um, but he's no, also, he was also in Dope Dope Sick. He was good in that. Charlie Day is Mister Fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> we've got to get. The energy! It's the cosmic rays, they just cut straight through you. Look, I am up to here! I am up to here with you! I was here, and now I'm up to here! What's that? There's rats in the basement? I'll clean them out. Dennis, can you take a five? Can you just take a five, Dennis? I eat when I'm scared. No, sorry. I eat when I'm stressed. I'm in a big fight, he gets freaked out, so he just starts huffing fumes for a while. <laughs> Turns his arm into a bag, sprays a load of stuff. Charlie, I did as much glue as you did. You did as much glue as I did, D. 
That's too much glow for you! No wonder you had those nightmares! I need more pelts! <laughs> I can't make it so the stretchy if I haven't got enough pelts! Dee, I just want to give you a little bit of advice. You want to take all your clothes off and you just want to hold them above your head and then let the piss and the shit fly over you. And then once inside, you just put your clothes on and nice and dry! Oh. Great. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, Black Panther, what kind of Actually, just cast the whole Fantastic Four yeah, as the game. Just, <laughs> just, just have. Mac and Dennis would argue over who's going to be the thing, who gets to be the tough rock man. <laughs> no way, this one rolls halfway through the film. Mac just be like, I'm cultivating mass. He's just covered in rocks. No, uh, Black Panther will kind of forever. Like, surprisingly, really good. Who would Danny DeVito play? Franklin? No, he's Doctor Doom. (laughs) Is he? Yeah. Like the Indian casino owner in Lethal Weapon 5. I would have had the um, the guy who keeps turning up from the restaurant. You know, the guy who's always... Oh, yeah. No, he can't be be Doctor Doom. Yeah, but he's got nothing to do with the Fantastic Four. They just keep stumbling across him and ruining his plans. (laughs) No, Danny DeVito should be Franklin. Franklin Richards. Franklin Richards? Yeah. I'm the garbage man. Anyway, um, no, Cricket. Cricket can be Franklin Richards. Yeah. With the scars still. Just get him hooked on meth. Yeah. Stop fucking the... Oh, Cricket. Jeez. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, Black Panther, wonderful, kind of forever. Like, um, I don't think it's the cultural milestone that the first one was. Like, that was fucking insane. Mm. Like, that was a specific moment in time. I think because we've lost Chadwick Boseman, I think that this is more like... Um, it's nice like, though. It feels less like a film that's been messed because there is there's a little bit of in Doctor Strange and I mean I really like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse um, of Madness and yeah. not so much for four 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 four. No, four. I wasn't a fan. But of four, both four, of those four, films four, feel four, like four, films four. that have like someone's interfering in a way, not necessarily the studio. I think with four the problem is Taika Waititi and all his gang sort of huffing their own farts a little bit too much and believing yeah. every single ad lib thing they did was brilliant. Whereas I think with Multiverse of Madness, there's that. Raimi's being held back a little, and not he's having to he's having to do a load of working into the Marvel stuff. But this one absolutely doesn't do anything to do with any other Marvel. No, there's like a one line mentioning the Hulk, and that's about it. Yeah, like, like I mean, one of the things like Namor doesn't even mention the blip. Like, no. you'd think that would be a thing that would have been significant to him, but he doesn't doesn't care. Fucking hell, though! Like, the, God, they would have just like the backstory. They would have been breathing in. Oh, yeah. their friends got turned into ash. Oh, those poor <laughs> bastards. Um, one of the things that one of the things that like fucking you're right. Like they've moved past the blip at this point. They've they've they're done with that. Yeah. But like Namor telling his backstory and the way that he's like, and my mother didn't want to take the drug because I was inside of her and she was worried how it'd affect me. Yeah. So she held back and then she took it, but it was too late for it to save her. This little deformed baby. But it made me. And it's like turn him into fun. a mutant. Yeah, one of the first, and then they resisted the urge to play the. Da, 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 da. I just fucking love the fact that he's hundreds of years old. They're like they just yeah. they just did it all. Yeah, like be fucking silly, be weird, and they've done it. And he's the other fish guy that he has as one of his henchmen. There's a tumor in the Submariner? other fish. No, he's the sub- Namor is the submariner. No, no, like, oh yeah, no, you're right. No, <laughs> no, sorry. you know, there's there's two fish in Marvel Ultimate Alliance. You fight the two fish guys. There's um, Friggin Atuma and the other guy. I don't know. I can't remember. Tiger Shark, maybe? Is he called Tiger Shark? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, no, just like, 
how have they done this? This, this is the thing. Like, I know it's overly long. I wanted... I think that Shiri's stuff and Ironheart's stuff doesn't need to be in there. She's got her own TV show coming. That would have been the better place to do that. I think if they if they had made it so that Wakanda invented the vibranium thing, just to see if there was other vibranium in the planet, just to, because she's looking for that heart-shaped herb again. They wouldn't invent it, though, because they wouldn't want someone... To use it against them, yeah. yeah. But um, no, it's. I mean, I think it's fine having Riri in there and having. Yeah, I think it's fine having because her in there, but just like the way her one. story represents is like, you know, how they got the outreach program and all that sort mm. of stuff, and they're taking more care to look after their brothers and sisters around the world, which is the whole thing at the end of the series. If they had ignored her, that would be against what they had established in the previous yeah. stuff. So it makes sense for her to be there. They just yeah, it's Tiger Shark. Um, I fucking, I actually, I. I didn't that, realize- that fucker with the freaking. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize this until I rewatched the other one. But like, they directly say like um, Chadwick Boseman. The reason, uh, well, um, T'Challa in the first one, mm. he says like the reason that we've got to set this up is we've been interfering with the other, we've been interfering with other countries for too long, and we've been sowing the seeds of our own destruction. Because he recognizes that Killmonger was because they're sending spies out into the world. Yeah, Killmonger yeah. was born. And, like, there's more people like Killmonger out there that have these ties to Wakanda that have been left in the other world where they've been yeah. completely abused. It's nice giving um, Nakia more to do in this one as well. Yeah. I'd like seeing her be a bit of a spy. Because yeah. the weird thing, the first Black Panther's got a lot of um, James Bond to it. There's a lot mm. of spy stuff in it, um, especially in the first half of the film. But um, you don't really see Nakia do much of it other than that bit when they rescue... She's she's. They talk about being an infiltration expert. Yeah, and they just have that sequence where she um, is in the truck at the start, hiding oh, yeah, amongst yeah, the women, yeah. yeah, to free free them. But um, yeah, I like that you got more of that in this. But yeah, and plus I, Lupita Nyong'o's lovely. She is doing more stuff. Beautiful, and she's a big Final Fantasy nerd. Kids, is she? Yeah, she's well into Final Fantasy. She oh. talks. She's done interviews where she talked about how she just would bunk off. like college courses to play Final Fantasy Seven. <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen? Um, have you seen uh, what's his name uh, Batman what's uh, the new Batman I've forgotten his name which one we got like the, one of them's the old Batman no no Twilight <laughs> Batman oh Robert Pattinson Robert Pattinson yeah. have you seen him talk about Final Fantasy 7 no oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's like an interview it's like have you ever cried at a video game like some French interview and he goes oh yeah Final Fantasy 7 <laughs> he's explaining like the story to, to some beautiful oh it's a um, figgy um it's uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Oh, Zoe. Yeah. <laughs> Zoe Kravitz. And he's like, he's trying to explain to her, he's like, oh, there's a video game. <laughs> like that. It's like, it's actually the most uncool person in the world. Nah, I, I really like Black Panther. Like, they nailed Neymar, and that's like the fucking, the only thing that you needed to do, really. Mm. Yeah. Is you na- make him into a, like a credible threat, and at the same time, make him so he's still a villain at the end, which is good. Yeah, he pretty much is, but he has got that little bit where he's like, oh, they're going to want our help at some point. Yeah. And there's that little tiny seed. Those are spoilers. But um, that Namora is maybe not entirely satisfied with him submitting. Well, yeah, the thing is, though, like... In the comics, there's a few times when Namora turns on him. and Yeah. And the thing about Namor is that... they he, got a complicated relationship. Namor is one of those people that when he's introduced into any comic, he doesn't do things by half measure, so he often fucks people over and hurts people and, like... He's a piece of shit. Yeah. He's, he's, he's also... <laughs> he doesn't make one pass at friggin' Angela Bassett. I would make so many passes at Like, when she turns up, when she turns up in the fucking UN thing, I'm like, Angela Bassett. I love how that was... Um... It's right at the start of the film. Yeah. But straight up calling out the French for how they... Because 
the French have a history of raping and pillaging. They're still doing it today. Africa, yeah. like the whole continent, yeah, yeah. they've they've fucked that place over. And the way that they just open this with her saying, "You French people coming." Well, they show they show the people being stopped. trying to take our stuff. Yeah. Like, they show them being stopped, and then like they pull the masks off, don't they? Mm. And they don't they don't directly say they're French until they're in the UN thing, and they say, yeah. "We discovered they're French citizens." And like the Fran- the, the woman from France, is like, oh, oh no. I've been caught again. She just started slinking under the desk. Yeah, just sliding down. But no, really good. Really fucking good. All right, that's the end of the episode. It's 198. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. Done. Done. Yeah. Done for today. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Sorry for the extra long episode. We had to talk about Black Panther because it's still... Why are you apologising to them? They don't have to edit. Anyway, I love you all. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. Um, you can find Ant at LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter, Wild Wars Hat on Twitter, and you can also find him Ant's Bot Collection on YouTube and... Uh, Mellow Gaming on YouTube and you can find me at Chris Apocalypse everywhere as always Rishi Sunak is probably Bebo. gonna pun? we got a Bebo I don't have a Bebo Twitter, Twitter's gonna be we've around tomorrow TikTok Twitter's gonna be around tomorrow yeah Twitter's not gonna go anywhere it's just, just gonna be shittier and shittier yeah well Donald Trump's back on it now isn't he although he's got Truth Social so why would he go on Twitter I don't know I mean going back to Twitter would be like admitting that true social's not a bad thing not not bad working method. the way you want it to be I don't know. Yeah. also Parler is still out there you still got Parler <laughs> really yeah Parler Kanye West's platform <laughs> yeah that's the world now a billionaire bought Twitter and is going to sell it for a fraction of the price he paid for since it. we last did an episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> He fucked it up since we lost. Yeah, that's episode. fucking insane. Well, he's fucked it up in the last two weeks. Yeah, he's a fucking moron, isn't he? Yeah, so many simps out there being like, "Mark, a genius." It's like, is he? Where's like, the genius part? He's like the emperor's new clothes, right? You yeah. know when he's walking around naked. Yeah, and everyone's like, he's clearly naked, but people are applauding him. Yeah, because you know he got up, he got out of bed. No, they're applauding him because he's like, oh, he's such a genius. Oh, I was trying to imply such that he's... Such an avant-garde. I was, I was trying to imply that he's so stupid he can't get himself out of bed. His daughter is changing her name legally because and she said because she doesn't want to be related to him anymore. Yeah. His trans daughter's already disowned him. That's it, that's the one. Oh, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. yeah. I don't blame her. Get away from the fuck. Because he said some horrendous shit about trans people. Because he's just caught in the right wing now. He's That's it. That's his audience now. Morong. Yeah, he is. He's a fucking morong. Anyway. Right, anyway. Have a good evening. Bye. Bye, everyone.